0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at BlogtalkRadio.com. Flash Wide Men Can't Jump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. News, Wowfreecam.com, and Facebook.com slash Kennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the hosts of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. What's up everyone out there? It is Wide Men Can't Jump. It is the season two premiere of Wide Men Can't Jump, as we are basically a year old. As Wide Men Can't Jump, we'll be celebrating here in about three weeks our one-year anniversary show, but we're going to start Season 2 tonight, and it has been a great first season with you guys. Uh, We had a blast getting this podcast off the ground, working with some of our great sponsors that we've had, including losses of Stephen P. New and WowFreeCam.com. Amazing guests this first year, some great shows, great people being on here, and great listeners as well. Thank all you guys for listening in to the show. We really appreciate it, and it's been a wild ride, but we've enjoyed it. Um, one thing I do want to say is TR will be joining me a little bit later. Um, season two premiere, we got to get those predictions out there. He's a little under the weather this evening, but he's going to make his way onto the show and we're going to make sure we get our predictions out there. We're going to be doing, like, MVP predictions and, and our playoff predictions and who's playing who, and it's we're going to have a great show tonight. Looking forward to it. Got all kinds of guests to join us tonight. Alan Horton, play-by-play announcer for the Minnesota Timberwolves Radio, uh, will be on with us. And, man, do the Wolves have drama up north. My God, this is a, a regular days of our lives in Minnesota going on right now. And we've got our guy Mike from NBA Quick Reports going to come around. We're going to talk a little bit of a kind of a preview for the season because the NBA tips off next Tuesday, folks. If you're listening out there, next Tuesday the regular season begins uh, for the NBA season. And I don't know about you guys, but I have missed basketball being on TV and my NBA League Pass is reactivated. I am ready for some basketball as We'll look here for Tuesday's uh, updates here. Coming Tuesday, the the 76ers and the Boston Celtics will tip off in the opening night. And then the Thunder and the Warriors will tip off at 1030. That is the second game. And then on Wednesday, nearly everyone else plays um, or close to it. It's got a lot of games and the regular season gets going. And we are going to have a blast this season on Wide Men Can't Jump and... It, I just can't wait, honestly. Uh, I am really looking forward to it. It it's been a, a fun season last season. Uh we're gonna try and do better on these predictions this year, but who could have thought Kawhi Leonard wasn't gonna come back to the Spurs at all last season. And honestly, with two injuries don't happen, the Celtics maybe make it to the finals. I don't know. Yeah, we were wrong on those last season, but who knows? So but well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we're going to kick the show off here. I'm going to probably give it a couple minutes, but we're going to kick the show off with an interview I did with Jeff Garcia from Locked on Spurs. There has been some updates about what's going on in San Antonio. Uh, big injury down there, in case nobody has uh, been keeping up with that, DeJounte Murray uh, was injured. and It's, it's kind of sad. Uh, to see him go, he tore his ACL, he's out for the season, in case anyone hasn't read that. Um, so that's that's one update we want to give everyone out there, is DeJounte Murray is going to be out, probably for the season. You'll hear more about that in my talk with Jeff Garcia here in momentarily. However, I do want to bring everyone, in case you haven't been following, up to speed on the Jimmy Butler saga. Um, we'll take it from Adrian Wojnarowski here. And I'm not going to put my spin on this. I'm going to wait for TR to jump on here with me before I do so. So, after talk, and this was after talks fell apart over the weekend, Miami still pursuing discussions with Minnesota on a Jimmy Butler trade, sources tell ESPN. Butler has been in Timberwolves locker room with teammates this morning before practice, but that doesn't necessarily mean he'll join them on the floor. So, according to the next update, Jimmy Butler practiced with the Wolves today. League sources tell ESPN. This is all from Adrian Wojnarowski and Woj is a die-hard source. You can take it to the bank. And then this update came in. All-Star Jimmy Butler participated in Minnesota's practice, a session that included him verbally challenging teammates, coaches, front office, league sources told ESPN. Butler was ferocious and emotional at times, targeting Thibodeau, Layden, who is their, the general manager, Towns, and Wiggins. At one point in the scrimmage, sources said Butler turned to GM Scott Layton and screamed, you fucking need me. You can't win without me. Butler left teammates and coaches largely speechless. He dominated the gym in every way. Jimmy's back. Um, a lot of Minnesota, According to Woj, a lot of Minnesota players left Timberwolves practice today energized by Butler's performance, mesmerized with him taking end-of-the-bench players and running the table on the regulars at the end of practice he marched out like if a mic drop, Butler delivered a tour de force. Immediately after Jimmy Butler showed up, he had an interview and broke his silence with a sit-down with Rachel Nichols. And it was on Sports Center. And there'll be a lot about it on NBA Countdown. I'll keep my opinion to myself for now. Those are just what Wojnowski is putting forward. And if I had to bet, none of that came from the Timberwolves front office. that came more from the the update of Jimmy Butler's people, I would assume that seems to be what the uh, what I'm seeing is that that those sources were out of Butler's camp, so kind of take that with a grain of salt. So Stan van Gundy uh, tweeted. <laughs> or not tweeted, excuse me, showed up on ESPN and basically said Stan Van Gundy uh, was on talking about the Tim- Timberwolves organization. And because of that, he said that Thibodeau and company said it was the, and this is a quote from Van Gundy the coaches said it was one of the best practices. That they've had this preseason, that Butler was energizing people, and I don't see this. I I, I don't understand that. John Krasinski's been on the show several times. Uh, he's a friend. He's one of the. He works for the Athletic. John Krasinski has had a rough, rough few months, folks. Um, here's what he tweeted out about the situation. Stan Van Gundy says he talked to Minnesota coaches. And they said, best practice of the season, love the intensity. John Krasinski then said, are you kidding me? An all-star who wants out showed up for only a portion of practice and left, then did an ESPN interview saying nothing has changed, and that's the reaction you get. Whew. So that's John Krasinski's um, take on it, and I, I kind of got to go with John on that. I'll dive deeper into this and probably we will get fired up more so as we continue on um, here on the show, this has just been a, a mess of mess proportions in the great north and Minnesota. And this has been the talk all around uh, the hoops market today. And if you're on Twitter, you've seen it. If you follow any kind of hoops, this is what's been talked about. Um, Jimmy Butler is bringing forward a kind of a, a mentality of just hatefulness. He wants out. He said today that Jimmy doesn't think that this problem can be fixed, which is what he said. He said, I don't think it can be fixed. These guys are soft. And, and you know, he, he's got, he's got some points. I'll, um I'll give credit there. I don't know. Again, not going to get into this too much right now. I know I'm talking a lot about it, but it's the biggest breaking news of the day thus far. Um, Jimmy was quoted in saying, "Who's the most talented player on our team? Cat. Who's the most god-given, god-gifted player on our team? Wiggs. Who plays the hardest? Me." And you know that's a fair assessment. I can't I can't say he's wrong. That's something that, that he's right on. Uh, He is definitely the hardest worker on the team, and that's the truth. I can't argue. The man works very, very hard, and he is currently in his prime, best player on the team. Now, for him to have this ego that he has and be on this trip that he's on is another story that I'm going to get into, and people are comparing it to the time Kobe Bryant went off on his teammates, and I just don't agree Uh, with that assessment because Kobe has rings to back it up where Jimmy Butler has playoff appearances only and coach Thibodeau is sticking by his guns he wants Jimmy on the team where Glenn Taylor wants to trade him and this has just been a huge saga a huge mess that we've kept we've been very well documented on here on the show and we've made sure that we've stuck with this and that we have plenty to talk about with that. Alan Horton though, will be joining us and we're going to, he wasn't at practice. He wasn't, wasn't on the inside there, but he, you know, he, he's read the reports like us and he's close to the team. So maybe he can give us a little bit more insight as to what's going on with the Timberwolves. What, how will this affect them going forward? What's the plan from here on out? So, so that's that Now, Uh, DeJounte Murray's injury affects the San Antonio Spurs and kind of a quick aside here. He's done for the year. Patty Mills will be stepping up and taking over that starting job, but there's a lot of developments in San Antonio that I didn't know about. Luckily, my guy, Jeff Garcia, the man, the myth from San Antonio stepped onto the show, gave me some time while he was at work today. So if you hear any noise in the background, he's at work. That's what you're hearing. But Jeff was able to give me some time We talked a little Spurs. We got an update on their injury situation and what's going on with the team now that Murray is out for the season. So here's my conversation with Jeff Garcia from Locked On Spurs. Enjoy it. We'll be back on the other side. Hopefully Alan Horton will be joining us by then. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Here's my conversation with Jeff. Joining me now is the lead Spurs digital journalist at News 4 in San Antonio and the Project Spurs co-founder and former ESPN San Antonio co-host of Halftime Sports. He's Locked On Spurs host, our buddy, you've heard him before on the show, Jeff Garcia. Jeff, what's up, man?
2: Oh, nothing much. Ready to get this new NBA season underway. And crossing fingers the Spurs will do better than maybe they're now being projected <laughs> because of some pesky injury bug that simply won't leave the Spurs camp
1: yeah it seems to be a reoccurring thing now with the Spurs uh, the injury update here we want to talk about first of course DeJounte Murray towards ACL Mm. uh, I didn't see a timeline for return I'm assuming with that injury he's done for the year and he's uh, going to be rehabbing that until next season what have you heard on DeJounte Murray's status with the organization right
3: now
2: Uh, Exactly what you said, Uh, the Spurs have not released a timetable, which kind of leaves the door open slightly, just by a finger. But in a recent uh, training camp uh, post-media session, Popovich did tell us reporters that he's already thinking that DeJounte would not be back at all. It was a big blow to the Spurs on both ends of the court. This guy was projected to have a breakout season, he was completely given the reins to the point guard spot after Tony Parker left to Charlotte, and he was going to be leading the Spurs' next chapter on the court now that the Big Three era is all but over. This, is just, this just hurts from the Exit and O's standpoint, and even from the locker room. Yeah, he's a third-year guard, maybe still doesn't have much seasoning under him, but nevertheless, a lot of the uh, Spurs looked at him with just that exuberance, just that youthful exuberance that he brought to the court, and they were feeding off that, um, and they were really looking at him to see what he can do. Fortunately for the Spurs, though, um, you know, they got some kind of point guard help. Uh, you know, they're looking at a guy like Derek White, who could possibly be given the uh, range once the ball goes up in the air. Uh, but more than likely, he's going to fall to Patty Mills, I know, and it's just it's just bad news all around. Dejounte Murray, you know, he was the buddy star. He was the guy that not only could get it done defensively. People forget that he was named to the All NBA Defensive Second Team last year in just his sophomore season. The guy can bring that defense. Up. He has long arms. He plays the passing lane. He can rebound like the best of them. I swear, he's like a seven footer in a little in a guard's body. I mean, that's how much of a acuteness he has for snagging the rebound, but in, it, it just it's just a brutal blow to the spurs uh the team felt it, the city of San Antonio felt it, the fans felt it. so now it's just a matter of can they stay afloat, can they compete without their floor general? And that remains to be seen. They got a couple more preseason games uh, by the time you're listening to the show, maybe just one more. But they got to get their act together, and that point guard spot is in flux right now.
1: Yeah, one good thing the Spurs do have is Patty Mills. Uh, he's a guy that can handle the, the ball. But it's a shame with Dejounte Murray, we see him as a guy who we thought would be finally getting that really super defined role with the Spurs mm-hmm. now the point guard of the future, he's gonna lead the team. And, you know, with him at the show I thought a win for a Western Conference playoff, especially with all the drama going on up in Minnesota this season and
3: stuff yeah.
1: like that. But with Patty Mills running the point, I don't think they lose a lot. Their biggest issue, as you pointed out, would be their depth. And okay. the back point guard role, looking at Derek White, there. Um, is there
4: any possibility to
1: lose someone – maybe bring someone else in, and play. Maybe, even, uh, maybe someone from the D-League or a young rookie come in and be that backup point guard that will be a problem in the system? As of right now, no.
2: Um, they're going to roll with what they got. And, look, Penny Mills is not a point guard. He's not. He's, uh, he's a natural two-guard despite his, his uh, physical uh, attributes. Uh, he's comfortable playing off the bench as well. And he prefers that, actually. But last season, uh, the Spurs needed help at the point guard spot when Murray simply wasn't, you know, there yet. He hadn't gotten the rhythm yet. Parker was injured a few times. Mills was asked to do a lot more. And one of those things that he did was run the point. Now, over the offseason, he spoke with an Australian um, outlet. Forgive me, I don't remember right now. But it was via an Australian uh, uh, newspaper and he said that although he you know was asked to do a lot more, he was grateful because he got to learn that point guard spot. So there's that. And look, he's a he's a veteran. He's been with Pop's system for for quite some time. He's the longest tenured Spur now. He knows what Pop likes to see on the court. But do not be surprised if the Spurs go with young guard Derek White from the G League. He had a phenomenal a G League uh, season last year He led the Austin Spurs To the 2018 G League title And he even got an invite to Team USA um, uh, Training camp uh, Right before the preseason started People always focus on that The main Team USA camp Where the, where the stars show up There's actually a smaller Team USA and Led by Jeff Van Gundy And White was invited to that In a couple of preseason games White looks steady he looked like He's ready He's a big guard. Uh, he is a true natural point guard, unlike Park, unlike, sorry, unlike uh, Patty Mills or even the other guard they have on their roster, Bryn Forbes. So wouldn't it be surprised to see Derek White take the reins? I know LaMarcus Aldridge, after the Houston win, did tell us reporters that uh, he has confidence in White, um, that, the, that the kid is, uh, is good to go. So we shall see. I like why, simply because he does a little bit of everything. He may not have the athleticism that Murray has, but he has that IQ. He has that point guard mentality. Not to say that Murray doesn't, because he does, but this is a guy who's looking to pass first more than score first. Um, but you do lose a lot on the defensive end. Um, you know, he, he's working on his defensive uh, chops, if you will. But nevertheless, this is a situation where the Spurs are going to struggle because, look, Let's face it, the West is built on point guards. Westbrook, Chris Paul, James Harden, Curry, Clay Thompson, Donovan Mitchell, the list goes on and on. And of them was going to be DeJounte Murray. He's out. So the Spurs are really going to be hit hard. And if I'm an opposing NBA team, I'm attacking that point guard spot when I face San Antonio
1: yeah, and it's a shame that, that the Spurs, that has happened to them. And uh, do you know how the injury occurred? I haven't really read much on yeah. Was it. during Was it during practice, or when did, how did no. it occur?
2: Yeah, it was the, uh, in the first half of a preseason game versus Houston, and um, it was, uh, brace yourself, a non-contact injury. He didn't get hit. He didn't get throttled. Oh. He didn't get tossed to the floor. It was a non-contact. Uh, basically, he was attacking the rim. Um, he He got, uh, James Harden got called for the foul, but I mean, it was one of those ticky tack fouls. It wasn't like Harden was trying to like shove him or anything, you know, kind of just put the hand where he shouldn't be. And right when Murray left up in the air to try to go for the n one, you just saw him crumple. Uh, And just like right before he was about to go to mid flight, he just dropped. What made it scarier was that he was in agony, he was rising in pain. All the uh, Spurs bench rushed out. They surrounded him. Lamarcus Aldridge was there. Even Harden was there, just staring, putting his hands on his head, and just looking like, "Oh man!" Like he knew that this is not good. You fast forward to the um, post game. Uh, Marco Bellinelli in the media huddle was asked, "Hey, you know, what do you think about um, Murray, uh, the injury?" And his first work was, "It's not looking good." So. I think the collectively the Spurs knew this was a bad thing. A hush fell over the uh, AT&T Center. Uh, hey, but if anything, the kid is in good spirit. He is young. He's only 22, 23 years old. He'll bounce back from this. He's not like he's an aged veteran with tons of miles on his legs. So you know, a younger body can heal faster than an older body. He has the right mindset. He already spoke publicly about it. He said that he's going to try to come back stronger. Um, you know, he's, he's looking at this as simply a minor bump of the road, even though this is a very major injury. And we shall see how he turns out. Who knows? Maybe uh, a full year without Murray and letting a guy like Derek White uh, run the show will improve his growth and his NBA, um, his NBA prowess, if you will, his IQ. So as much as there's a big dark cloud around San Antonio, there are some, no few, silver linings.
1: One thing I did want to ask is uh, a guy that that I and my co-host uh, Tom Robinson were both really big on in the um, the off season, and um, is as the season gets ready to tip off next week, how has Lonnie Walker, of course, development taken a step mm-hmm. forward, or has he kind of lagged behind in development, getting ready for the season?
2: Well, it's stalled right now because the injury bug hit him, too, uh, versus, um, well, in a team scrimmage. uh, He pulled up limp. uh, He tried to play on it. It didn't look too, too bad. And lo and behold, he has himself an injury that requires surgery, and he'll be out for uh, six to eight weeks. So I think it was a a knee injury, too, but not to the same level as Murray. I think it was one of those little naggy kind of things that, you know, needs to go under the knife. So he's going to be out for six to eight weeks. So, yeah, it just shows you that this injury bug has visited San Antonio. It's bad enough. A horrific offseason was about to come to an end. The Kawhi Leonard situation, you trade Danny Green, you lose Kyle Anderson, you lose Mono Genovo to retirement, you lose Tony Parker, i free afraid you see to the Hornets, and then, boom, Murray gets hurt. He's out indefinitely. Walker gets hurt. He's out six to eight weeks, so it, it really hasn't been a fun time for San Antonio Spurs fans. Uh, but they're trying their best, and look like Pop said uh, regarding the Walker injury, he said things like this happen, uh, and all, the only words of advice he's had uh, when he told the media after a team practice was that Walker all he has to do is go do it, it be surgery, and get the rehab done. I mean, as simple as that. So. You don't know Walker's trajectory. The only thing you are a little concerned about is can he stay fresh? He got hurt in the team scrimmage, and then he got hurt during the summer league, uh, the 2018 Vegas summer league. So, you know, is he too fragile? Does he need a little more extra care? We shall see. But so far, Walker, it's an incomplete because we just don't know yet.
1: One more question, Jeff, and I'll let you go. And thank you for giving me so much of your time today. I know you're busy, you're at work, and we really do appreciate it. You're a great friend of the show. Yeah, no problem. We, lo- we love having you on. So I saw your your report, and if anybody doesn't follow Jeff on Twitter, you need to because if you're a Spurs fan, this is the guy to follow. Yep. What's this thank about you, Steve thank you, thank you. wanting Greg Popovich <laughs> to run for president? Yeah.
2: Well, look, it's been kind of a running joke. Um a lot of the, a lot of fans, the NBA fans or Warriors and Spurs fans, more, more specifically, um, you know, they're always pushing for a Pop and Kerr presidential ticket. you know, and there's actually a website dedicated to that. I'm not joking. If you just Google Pop Kerr 2020, there's a full-on website with actual um, voting paraphernalia like vote Pop Kerr t shirt signs. It's, it's, it's taking on a life of its own. Well, there's a, uh, a Texas U.S. Uh, Senate candidate that's also, you know, running for Senate. And Kerr on Twitter tweeted out Pop and uh, O'Rourke, the fellow's last name, for 2020. So looks like Kerr is now pushing for Pop to be vice president and uh, this uh, O'Rourke fellow in Texas to be president. But look, we know why Pop is very vocal when it comes to politics. I don't want to rehash old things. I know this is an NBA show, not a politi- political show, but everybody knows about Pop's uh, feelings towards uh, President Trump. So that's where it kind of stemmed. And let's just put it this way. There's a lot of Spurs fans that are kind of split on this. You know they they. kind of they, You know how you heard that old expression uh, with uh, – well, not expression, but no, – uh, what did they say to athletes? Remember, I think it was Trump said, like, yeah, stick to basketball or something like that. Somebody said that yeah. to LeBron James. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's actually a segment of Spurs fans that tell the same to problem as stick to sports. So, it, it's funny as it can be, some Spurs fans take it seriously. And all I can do is think it back in my mind is, guys, just eat up. Ease up, I'm sorry. It's, a, it's just a joke. He's just, just kidding. But, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a fun thing. Uh, but at the end of the day, it just shows how much – Kerr really respects Pop, holds him in high regard, uh, really thinks that he's a mind. And, and actually, Kerr shared a, an interesting story, how Pop uses politics in practices. Um, again, uh, I believe it was a California-based outlet uh, in an interview Kerr did, uh, revealing that one of the things that he, Popovich that is, put the players through when Kerr was a member of the Spurs, he would divide teams for inner uh, team sc- uh, scrimmages between those who voted for President X and President B, I forgot what President B was. And he said, "Those of y'all who voted for this guy on this end, those of y'all who visited on this guy this end." Okay, now play ball. So he really tries uh, to integrate real-life situations into basketball, and he's always popular And he's always been vocal about that. He's saying that. We get paid a bunch of money to play a game. So he really tries to instill uh, a sense of worldliness within his players. Uh, it's not all about basketball. He so will talk to Patty Mills about what's going on in Australia politics. Manu Ginobili was playing. He asked how they're going in Argentina. So that just goes to show you that Pop, he he, he kind of knows what's up. He you knows this is just a game, and real life is real life, and that's what matters. So... You know, hat tip to Kerr for thinking of Coach Pop. But the chances of that happening, a Pop presidential run, that ain't going to happen.
1: Sounds like to me that Kerr just really wanted to get him out of uh, coaching in the Western Conference. So, either way, that
2: <laughs> get
3: rid of Pop,
1: right? Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly.
1: Uh-huh. Just like, yeah, Pop,
2: go bo, go go run for president, get out of the uh, get out of the way. <laughs> but, yeah, but it just makes you think how much time does Pop really have left coaching? How much time does he really have? I mean, he's already – going to, I think he's 70 or he's going to be 70 already. So,
1: you know, that, that hard to is really picking for pop. I know. It's hard to believe. But, Jeff, yeah. I'm going to let you get back to work, my friend. Thank you so much for Thank jumping you. on with us. Let our listeners know where they can find you, and we will talk to you next time.
2: Yeah. Uh, those of y'all who want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff G Spurs Zone. You can always check out Locked On Spurs over at the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, pretty much everything you need to know about the silver and black, it's all there. So please give me a follow and let's talk some hoop.
1: All right. Thanks again, Jeff. We really appreciate you, man. Not a problem, buddy. Hope to talk to you again soon. Well, that was my conversation with Jeff Garcia. Make sure you give Jeff some love. Check him out on Twitter. Jeff's awesome, and if you're a Spurs fan, you definitely want to keep up with him. But joining me right now to talk about uh, some Minnesota Timberwolves, I guess you could call it drama a little bit, is Alan Horton, the play-by-play man for the Minnesota Timberwolves radio broadcast. What's up, Alan? There is,
4: I guess there is a little bit of drama, isn't there? Boy, that certainly
1: made some news today. It's,
4: um, just it's a, kind of been just a wild a, time it, here with the Timberwolves.
1: It has, and and as I alluded to my to our listeners earlier, you were not at practice. Practices are closed to the media and, and all those things, and everything that we're getting report-wise is all, uh, of course, you know, you'd like to believe it, and for the most part it probably is true to some extent. But nobody witnessed this except the Wolves coaches, coaching staff and players. Uh, so there was no media present there today. So we're not going to see any video of this or anything of that nature. But um, according to what I've seen reported, and I know John Krasinski's been keeping an eye on things up there as well, it was a wild practice today, uh, especially with yeah, Butler I mean, coming back. I think back
4: it was. To- I think it was, and I think you know, reading Adrian Wojnarowski's, um, you know, tweeting this afternoon, you know, it's. I think it's always important for people to remember too, you know, when you're when you see Woj or Shams reporting this stuff, their their sources normally are, you know, one of two sides. Uh, if it's an organization dealing with another organization looking for a trade, they they're one side is trying to tilt the scales in their favor, um, and, and so in this situation today, I think you're hearing probably a lot from either Jimmy's camp and Jimmy's um, Jimmy's side of things, maybe his agent or the Timberwolves' side. But based on what Woj was saying, I don't think it was coming from the Timberwolves' side. So I think you're getting a lot from Jimmy's side. You're getting probably a little bit of a one-sided perspective. Um, but, you know, he, he apparently went to practice, and as everybody has seen with the Woj tweets, um, you know, really got after it and got after some guys and got after some guys that aren't even playing as far as the general manager and the coach. And then, um, had an interview on ESPN. So, um, you know, I, I think what we can all kind of gather from this is that Jimmy still truly feels like, um, he wants to be traded and maybe he's trying to, I, we can only speculate that and put two and two together that, you know, with, with what, what he went through today with the practice, with the interview that he's trying to kind of force the Timberwolves hands and get himself
1: out of town. Well, as a Wolves fan, personally, I can't wait, uh, for him to go. Um, <laughs> That's a personal shot. I can say that. I don't work for the organization or any other organization. This is my my show, and um, I'm fine with him leaving. Uh, with that being said, though, some of the things he's saying are true, I think. Um, I think we do have soft players. I do, in some aspects. I think Wiggins is, uh, is not playing up and being 100% interested in some instances. I think Cat is developing and will be the superstar, but he's of course, he's not in his prime yet, so he's got some growing to do but jimmy um to me that's disruptive to the flow of the game what he did today and what he did in terms of lashing out at the organization and then i hear yep. stan van gundy come on espn and he says he spoke with the coaching staff and they said it was the best practice that they'd had all preseason <laughs> yeah so it's again you don't know you don't know exactly what
4: to believe especially when um, when the media was let in today, you know Tom Thibodeau, um, they didn't know these kind of details before they talked to Tom Thibodeau, who was available for about three or four minutes before, um, you know, before he before he stopped talking. Um, so we learned all this stuff sort of after the media was let in to try to get his response to it. But um, you know, there's there's plenty of blame to go around when you look at where the situation is at this time of the year. Um, I, I think plenty of it is on Jimmy Butler. I think there is plenty on. Um Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns and it's it's you don't have to put two and two together and 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 you know see the trail of breadcrumbs that have been left through last season that you know Jimmy got frustrated I think with the way Carl played with the way Andrew played the way they went about their business with the way they got after things offensively and defensively um so there's blame on that end there's blame I think on head coach Tom Thibodeau I think you can go all the way up to owner Glenn Taylor um you you know good organizations have um everybody on the same page and this clearly got knocked off track somewhere along the line. And so um, I, I think there's plenty of blame to go around. And, and, and you know, where it stops, you know, where this carousel stops, we still don't know. And, you know, the regular season is a week from tonight, right? So, when, yeah, next Wednesday we'll be in San Antonio taking on the Spurs. I mean, this is um, – it's, it's troubling because the Wolves have really not played well in their last three preseason games. They've got one more of those coming up on Friday, uh, but they've played – not not just poorly they've played awfully in those games they've played like there's a dark cloud hanging over their team um and it's got to get lifted or else you're going to get yourself um you know just boat raced at the beginning of the season i mean it's san antonio it's um you know dallas has got some young improved players you've got kevin love and cleveland coming in you've got toronto and milwaukee the next couple of games it's indiana's in there those are all playoff teams and so uh if if the wolves don't figure things out quickly um, you you run the risk of just getting buried at the early part of the season,
1: and it might be it might be a lost season. Yeah, uh, from an outsider's perspective, let me bring in my co-host uh, Tom Robinson, TR. What do what is your take on this with Mister Horton, who's on the line here with us,
3: TR? Uh, as far as Jimmy Butler goes, I I really I'm clueless. I, I don't recall a situation. I mean. Kawhi Leonard situation last year was uh in the same family but not even close to being similar. I've not, I I can't recall a situation like this. I just uh you know, I just hope for you guys that are T Wolves people that like you said that it, it, it can't come soon enough when he gets out of there.
1: Yeah, I mean yeah I think that um, writing's on the wall there, I think
4: yeah i think it's pretty it's pretty clear and it it um you know it becomes clearer and clearer every single time um you go through these things we thought maybe there were some issues during the summer and um you know then you get towards camp and then you get the trade demand and then you wait a couple of more weeks and it just becomes clearer and clearer that this thing is not going to just work itself out um and uh you, you just hope that something gets done quickly because um you, you know no matter how you got to this point, you, you've got to regroup, get on the same page as an organization, and move forward, make the, make the smartest decisions possible, and try to make something out of this. Like I said, because the season is right here. And, and, and after a season in which you had 47 wins and reached the postseason for the first time since 2004, um, you know this, this fan base has been absolutely rocked. Um, and they, they, are, they booed Tom Thibodeau during the, pro, the one preseason home game we had last week. Um, and it's not going to be pretty if this team gets off to a poor start. Um, everything they've tried to build as an organization will just begin to crumble if you have um, a disastrous season, which is a possibility. Like I said, unless you get, um, unless you get the act together right now and, and try to make the best of it.
1: To me, it's looking more and more likely, unfortunately, that this season is uh, going to go up in smoke, I think. And it's going to be a dark cloud. In Minnesota, unfortunately, and as and as a fan, I hate to say that I do. It, it's it's heartbreaking because last season was utter joy, uh, winning a playoff game and and getting to the playoffs. Granted, eight seed, but you know, look at how far we had come as a team, and then then all this. Um, do you think this spells the end for Thibodeau in Minnesota? Like I'm hoping, or <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not think, I'm being very unprofessional and I apologize for that but my personal feelings no, right. are in on this
4: no, I mean I think it's great that everybody expresses themselves especially in this day and age if it's sports if it's politics I mean I think it's important um that people have views and they're not afraid to speak them. that's fine um I I, I don't know about the future of Tom Thibodeau I think it all depends on how the Timberwolves come out and play I mean every every coach um his future is dependent upon whether or not you're going to win games um and so I I don't think that's any different in Tom's Situation, But, you know, even if Jimmy Butler and when Jimmy Butler goes, it's, you know, you still got two young pieces in Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns that, um, you know, theoretically should be on the rise. I think Cats game has been on the rise, as you mentioned. Andrew Wiggins has kind of basically, I I think, been on a plateau type of graph um, since he came into the league. I don't think he's made huge strides anywhere. He continues to struggle to fill up a stat sheet and, and get your rebounds, assists and steals and be more active things to work with here and that's that's what i think the focus should be on is building around those two guys playing to their strengths um and making sure that you you get everybody on the same page around those two guys um so if, if it doesn't work it didn't work out with jimmy look it was great to watch last year jimmy's a heck of a player when he's on the floor but just because he's a great player on the floor does not make him an automatic leader off the floor and i don't think with his days in chicago and his time here in chicago, minnesota it's proven that you know, he can, he can be tough to deal with in the locker room. I think he has a very, he, he's just very set in his ways and he has one way to think about doing things. And if you're not on on the board with that, then he, he has a hard time playing with you. Um, and so I don't think just as just cause he's great on the floor does not make him a natural leader of a team. And I think we've seen that now with Chicago and Minnesota. So um, again, you've got the two young stars, you've got to build around. And I think um, again, back to your point is, 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 Tom Thibodeau's job in danger. I think every coach's job is in danger, and if if they can turn things around and start to get Wiggins and Towns on the same page with the coaching staff, the players around them, um, then everything else will take care of
1: itself. Well, T.R., um, Alan's only got a couple minutes left here. You got anything you want to run by him before we let him go?
3: Uh, no, I'm just uh, watching out of the corner of my eye The uh, our, our dark horse you and I's dark horse uh, Chicago bulls lighting up in Indiana Pacers right now. And uh, what, what's he think of, of our crazy prediction of a chance of Chicago taking the eighth seed in the East.
4: I think the East is probably, you know, that's not, I don't think that's crazy. I think, uh, well, it's a lot of interesting pieces there and, and they sunk a lot of money into it. One of our former guys, Zach Levine, who um, I love Zach. I love his attitude. I love the way he gets after it. He got the big money. Um, is it a lot of money? Yeah. Was It going to be worth it. We'll find out. But, um, I think, I think Zach's a heck of a talent. And I think we saw a little bit of that offensive explosion last year. He could, um, I, I, I certainly could see him getting better. We know Chris Dunn as well. Um, you know, I, I think they got a lot of interesting pieces, how Fred Hoiberg gets them together is, uh, is going to be, I think the key. And if they can, you know, gel defensively too. Um, but it's, um, you know, the East is obviously more wide open than the West, but, Boy, when I think of Boston and Indiana, and, and I think I think if Washington can stay healthy with Wall and Beal, and uh, I'm not a big Dwight Howard fan, but boy, if you could get you could get a, a a just a healthy season out of Dwight, and maybe just a quiet one from him in the locker room where he doesn't tick everybody off. I mean, I think they're going to be right there. Indiana's going to be good. <laughs> Milwaukee. Yeah. I, I mean, it's funny when you start to go down it, you're like, wow, that 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 actually, while it's not as tough as the West, that's still a pretty good gauntlet there in
1: the Eastern Conference.
3: Yeah, I agree. I agree for
1: sure. I agree. Well, Alan, I know you're a busy man, and I appreciate you giving me a little bit of time tonight. And thank you for your insight on the Wolves and what's been going on up in Minnesota. And I really hope we can get you back on here. And hopefully we're talking about the surprise Minnesota undefeated start soon. So that's what I'm there hoping you
4: go. for. A nice, seven, a nice 7-0 start to the season sounds awfully good to me. Yeah, it'll be fun to finally play some basketball and just talk about the stuff on the court rather than all the drama off it. So uh, I appreciate it, guys. Anytime.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Alan. Have a good night. Thanks, sir. Well, TR, it's you and me now, sir. We started off talking with Jeff Garcia about DeJounte Murray and how uh, his season is over, uh, a torn ACL. He is done for the year. So the Spurs are missing their starting point guard now for the rest of the year. And Patty Mills will now be stepping in to that role as the starting point guard, and he's more of a two-guard, so it's bleak in San Antonio, and the mess in Minnesota is mind-boggling, to me, at least. Um, if you're on Twitter, I've posted a lot of comments. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jimmy Butler, though, TR? I know you haven't really followed it too close, but what do you think?
3: I just think he's from a different planet um and it's not like a Kawhi Leonard where he's not thing. he's just real uh I hate to use the term military but um because he's you know I certainly don't want to compare anybody to put their life on the line to a basketball player but uh, as far as the discipline's concerned he's he's in a different place um I think Mr. Horton said he's set in his ways or, or you said that toward the end of the interview and if he's showing up to practice and, uh, raising hell, it's almost like, uh, everything's pro wrestling anymore with UFC and, uh, just all the antics that are going on are just preposterous. It's like you got an organization. You're, uh, apparently the heat was the closest to pulling a, pulling the strings and making a deal, but it wasn't enough or whatever. And, uh, I would think you got to get rid of a guy like that. Uh, you know, if we were right there and we knew the whole story, who knows? Um, I can't speak for you, but I might I might side with Butler if, if those guys were just, you know, like the 21-year-olds that I see out and about in my regular day life and the way they approach life, you know. But um, I don't know that to be the case. And uh, whoever's right is probably irrelevant at this point, whichever side is uh, – correct and that's the problem with everything in general in life but everybody's more worried about being right than fixing the problem but wherever he ends up i, I want him as far away from philadelphia as possible he's uh if he thinks those guys are pampered and soft i don't want him here that's for sure
1: i mean that's that's the main that's the main thing i i'm talking about here is is while butler is and he's a hard worker, nobody can take that away from the guy and he's in he he works very hard, but now ripping down your teammates is not the way to motivate them. That's not how maybe it is a gener- an age thing a generational thing, but that's not how you're gonna motivate these guys uh Jimmy Butler has bitched and moaned now since he demanded the trade. He goes out of his way, demands a trade. Tom Thibodeau doesn't want him to go. Now, this is where this is where the problems are starting. You've got an organization where your entire being, your general manager, your president, and your coach are on different pages. The owner is trying to facilitate the trade whereas the president of basketball operations, who's also the head coach, won't trade the guy because he knows as soon as he's gone, his job is gone. The whole fan base is seeing through this, and they're all booing the hell out of this coach who's on the, on the court. The players aren't responding. The only player that did wants out because that style of coaching is working for him but not anyone else because it's too 90s old-school slowdown ball. The game is changing. Jimmy Butler is going on an ego trip because Jimmy Butler thinks Jimmy Butler is worth more than what Jimmy Butler is worth. Is Jimmy Butler a great player? Absolutely. How many rings has Jimmy Butler won, TR? How many rings?
3: Take me a while to count them up. I think that would be zero. Exactly.
1: Jimmy Butler has won no championships. How many finals has Jimmy Butler been to, TR? Uh,
3: Let me see. See, there was
1: that one, two, three, zero. Zero. So you got a guy who's on an ego trip and he's an egomaniac talking about, y'all need me to win, y'all need me to win. Okay, sure, we need you to win. We need you to win games. We needed you to get us to an eight seed in the playoffs. Now, granted, he was injured. However, Jimmy Butler went on a, what is called today I lost every bit of respect I had for Jimmy Butler today, TR. Today was the day that it broke. Coming back to practice, he shows up late to practice. Okay, Mr., let's set an example. He was there for an hour. Did he kick the starter's ass at practice? Sure, he did. He did. I will give him credit. He showed up and he kicked their ass. Guys that have been out there playing these games, doing and spending time on the court, Practicing, going through drills, and doing everything, he kicked their ass with third stringers. He did. Can't take that away from the guy. He's a good player. Then he gets cocky, runs his mouth to the whole team, calls guys out, mouths off to the coach, the general manager. Then immediately, he waited till the day to come back, by the way, because immediately afterward, boom, set down and interview on ESPN. Do you think this was planned? 100-fucking-percent, this cocky motherfucker got out of his way to make sure he was planning himself a nice sit-down interview with Rachel Nichols to get all the publicity, and he wanted to badmouth the team. And you know what? He did. He badmouthed everyone. He got on TV. He talked about how this situation can't be fixed. Tom Thibodeau refuses to pull the trigger on a trade, which would get the Wolves' Josh Richardson from the Heat with a first-round pick, and that is what I'm calling – a great lack of leadership. Jimmy Butler doesn't motivate players to get better. He only wants to drive his value up. He can't play with young players. Well, I hate to break it to you, pal, but the whole league's about to be young players. So no matter where you go and where you suit up, you're going to have a problem. You're the problem here, Jimmy Butler. Do your teammates need to step up? Yes. Do you need to be a leader and motivate them to do so? Yes. Jimmy Butler is always going to be a second fiddle player. He cannot lead a team. And there's my rant.
3: You're going to have a uh, happy October one way or another, whether Jimmy Butler's there or not, because you're an expected father, but he is putting a damper on you. I, I kind of like the Nate Edge, though. It's making our show more entertaining, especially while I'm under the weather.
1: <laughs> well, he's a prick, so nobody likes him. But you know, And you mentioned
3: you mentioned. You mentioned uh, it was timed precisely when uh, the glorified, alleged ring rat, Rachel Nichols, was there. Um, they're probably uh, playing footsies while they're listening to us right now in some high-rise uh, hotel <laughs> four seasons in Minnesota. Yeah, he
1: planned it out to where he can jump on. And poor John Krasinski, our buddy, the athletic reporter from Minnesota, he au- – he literally tweeted today, my sanity left September 18th and has not returned. He's, all, he's, he's distraught. This whole situation, it's, it's never been seen before a, a team fall apart from the inside out. And I'm not talking about just a basketball team. I'm talking about the coaching staff, the upper management, the owner. This is a goddamned mess. And this is sad. <laughs>
3: You know, I take the cynical side for everything. Uh, Jimmy Butler may be the first NBA mass shooter. (laughs) That's horrible.
1: (laughs) That's very bad. But we expect nothing else here on the White Men Can't Jump Season 2 premiere. So if you get shot in a mass shooting by Jimmy Butler, we know a guy (laughs) you should call. He's our great sponsor from the law offices of Stephen Pidu. Stephen Pidu, take a listen to this personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, all these things and more can be helped by New Law Office. Stephen P. New will fight for you and your rights. Mr. New, what is there to do if you're in an automobile accident? When car wrecks
4: happen, insurance is always involved. Did you know that in West Virginia, We have the highest percentage of uninsured and underinsured motorists driving on our highways. That means that when you're in a car wreck, your attorney needs to know how to work with your insurance company to maximize the compensation that you'll receive. If you've been in a car wreck, call me, Stephen P. New.
1: For your free consultation, call 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com. Stephen P. New. We'll fight for you to get you where you need to be. He's a proud sponsor of our program, and Mr. New is a stand-up national and local attorney. Stephen P.
4: New, attorney at law, answers to your legal questions.
1: That is newlawoffice.com. Check him out, especially if you get shot, as T.R. Has said. <laughs> Give our boy a call. Did you like that segue? Was that pretty good?
3: Yeah, very, 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 very clever.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I like to stay on top of things. Speaking of which, TR, you know, you and I, this is the beginning of season two. We are three weeks away from our one-year anniversary show, so we're looking very much forward to that. Can't wait for, for that, but one thing we need to uh, discuss is, as we did last year, we went out of our way last season, made a lot of predictions. Uh, going forward. Before we do get to that, though, I just wanted to comment on, you messaged me the other day, and we talked off air, and you told me, I don't remind me not to drink the Kool-Aid. And I said, okay, I'll remind you not to do that. To me, it's amazing that this podcast, we started almost a year ago, last season starting out, you were not very hopeful about your Sixers. I was very hopeful when it came to my wolves. Fast forward three hundred and sixty five days, you're starting to believe while I am just on a cynical tirade over here, we have switched places in the world, my friend.
3: Yeah. Freaky Friday. Um freaky Wednesday.
1: <laughs> but yeah,
3: I mean they've they've uh Uh, like I said, I don't want to drink the Kool-Aid, but they're making it hard not to take a few sips because, um, some of the things I openly bitch about is JJ Redick, uh, in his 16th season and tired legs and so forth. They moved him to the sixth man. They're using faults. He has improved. You can't, I mean, he, he fouled out in 19 minutes or something the other day, which you can't improve crazy, but you can improve a jump shot, I guess. Um, but Simmons and, uh, and Bede look to be both uh, better players, although Simmons still likes to get those assists instead of the points. But, you know, I guess that's what we got to deal with by no means. Do I think they're a championship threat because that's up to Simmons. He has to finish, but um, I'm looking at, I'm not looking as closely as I did last year at these other teams, as far as preseason games, but um what I see, even even with Boston, is not really that awe inspiring. I mean, later tonight the uh, Golden State Warriors play with the L.A. Lakers, which is intriguing on one level because I believe Lonzo's coming back and and LeBron, of course, the natural rivalry there. But um, but yeah, the Sixers. I don't know. I don't think it's going to skew my prediction of uh, where where they'll end up. But but I'm starting to believe they're better than I give them credit for.
1: Yeah, um, I can understand that, uh, especially if the jump shots that I've been seeing Keith Pompey send out from Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz remain, of course, these are all non uncontested warm-up shots. So I will, I will be lax when I say that this is going to be a hundred percent, this is going to happen. But, uh, so I'm waiting to see on, on this, but we will make some predictions tonight. And, uh, we're about at the top of the hour here on our going into our second hour, and we're going to have a guest join us in about a half an hour. But, T.R., you and I can go ahead, and we can start talking predictions. Um, how would you want to go about this? Should we start with individual achievement awards, or should we start with our playoffs predictions? What do you think? Uh, I Very would go individual. Okay individual performance awards it is. So, we'll start here. We'll start with the hard ones first, okay? Um NBA coach of the year. Who are you going with on that one?
3: Man, you jumped right into the fire, didn't you? That's that's that I told that you, the stuff. hard ones first. Uh, I think a uh, favorite is going to be Dwayne Casey because uh Detroit almost can't go backward with him at the helm. Um I'm not gonna use him as my pick though. Just um just throwing that out there that they'll probably creep into the playoffs. You know, if we're correct, Fred Huiberg will be among the uh those talked about. Um how the hell do you say the the, the Bucks the Bucks coach name, Buck Buckheimer or whatever the hell his name yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. Uh uh you know, I'm high on the Bucks, so I'm 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 leaning towards that. But I think when it all is said and done, um, everything meshes and, and hashes itself out. No, Brett Brown. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a sound bite that we could play back if it happens. No way will Brett Brown win Coach of the Year. I say that now, whatever <laughs> date this is. So. Uh, You know, we can keep that. No way will Brett Brown win the coach of the year. Okay. However, um, that gentleman up there in Boston, uh, I mean, I I don't think – I, uh, nobody comes to mind in the West unless pop that's devastating for pop as well that injury which I didn't really comment on um, that's big that's that's huge that's a lot bigger than people are probably thinking that oh yeah it that, as closely that, as us
1: yeah that's an injury that changed I'll be honest it changed the way I'm looking at the upcoming season so it, it, it that's a huge injury
3: so I'm I'm gonna go with Brad Stevens. I mean I I hate to go with the chalk, but uh, he'll he'll figure away. I assume they'll okay. come out, you know, mixing and matching and figuring it out, and maybe maybe not have a stunning record like we think. But I think by the end of the 82 game season, that he'll rise above everyone else.
1: I think Brad Stevens is. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: Maybe maybe Dwayne Casey is as a runner-up.
1: I'm going to go completely different from you. I think that Quinn Snyder looks good out in Utah. He he really showed what he could do last year. I think if the Blazers can crack a top-five seed again, I think Terry Stotts is a good choice. Of course, Brad Stevens is the obvious uh, front-runner this season for Coach of the Year. But if I had to predict right now with what I'm seeing based on who do I think is going to perform a, up to snuff and who do I think is going to surprise a lot of people, I, I think Nate McMillan from the Indiana Pacers has a very good shot at winning Coach of the, at coach of the Year this year. Uh, McMillan with that new roster revamped. Um, and A lot of people are sleeping on the Pacers, but if the Pacers come out and perform the way I think they're going to perform and they finish – at a two seed in the regular season if, you know, it could end up being Nate McMillan who sneaks away with that award for being able to get all these moving pieces working together so I think McMillan's got a good shot I think Brad Stevens is the obvious choice to go with, but just for the sake of being different I'm going to go with
3: Nate McMillan,
1: to win Coach of the Year
3: That's not a bad pick, I mean they should be right up there as well uh, Bar, I, I, I just hope You know, the the injuries stayed down, and we can actually see who's the best team. But it happens every year, you know. Um, Nate McMillan, former star of McMillan and Wife, which is only a a 70s show, which probably went right over your head, but there's like three listeners (laughs) as old as me. Um, Yeah, he – I don't have a problem with that pick, Um, you know, but I I just think when it's all said and done, Boston's going to be number one So
1: yeah, I gotta agree, but I think you know Brad Stevens is really the obvious choice again. So I, I wanted to be a little different this year. I don't want to do exactly what we did last season. So I'm kind of looking at it differently. I'm not picking just to be different, but I think McMillan's got a good chance as well. So we'll see. We'll see what
3: happens. Um, and don't oh, sleep by the way, on. By the way, go, ahead. go ahead. Let me see who you. Say. No, I want to hear who you say first. Don't I was going to say
1: don't sleep on Billy Donovan either out in Oklahoma City. So.
3: Ah, good point. He didn't even come to mind, but they're definitely going to be solid. Yeah, that would be a good story where people doubted him, um, said he was just a college coach and things of that nature. They stuck with him. He got the players to stick with the town, etc. So that would be a nice story. I've always liked Billy Donovan. Uh, I didn't even think of him when we were thinking about that. Uh, But what I was going to say is like a little uh, left turn from, from our predictions is, yeah, I've got one of those uh, cold, flu-from-hell things. I and mean, it isn't even flu season yet. People are getting flu shots yet. i got to be early on the one thing you don't want to be early on. But anyhow, um, <laughs> it, it, it's so hilarious. I'm over here looking like Tom Hanks from Philadelphia, just kind of half listening to your interview. <laughs> I said, let's bring, let's bring TR in uh, to comment on this. And I'm just – just, I wasn't was jesus christ i got phlegm flying out of me and i just uh i was like thanks mate you really are making me earn my money if you were a dhl i'd be like on a fucking uh belt somewhere from sliding down <laughs> like with a never mind anyhow but that <laughs> I, 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 I was unintentionally funny because i i was no way prepared to comment of course i was listening along thank god so uh i knew but <laughs> i was like you son of a bitch
1: <laughs> Glad I can keep you
3: on your toes, and my cats follow me room to room. Obviously, yeah, uh, to, I, I heard baby in the a,
2: background. <laughs> what a
3: professional broadcaster I am, Jesus Christ! <laughs> but anyway, all right, we can we can continue.
1: All right, well, we've got our coach of the year out of the way, so let's take a look now. At this one's another tough one. The <laughs> the defensive player of the year. Who do you think will win the defensive player of the year? You want me to start or do you want to start on that one?
3: I want you to start. I'm, I I got to think this through. Go ahead
1: and think about it. Uh defensive player of the year this year for me, uh, you know, there's a lot of of, of people you could go with and Aquile Leonard's always the sexy choice. Rudy Gobert won it last year, so it's like, eh, you know, possibility. But there's only one – I think there's one guy, to me, that's a runaway favorite this year. Just a positive. I think it's Joel Embiid. Oh,
3: boy. <laughs> oh boy.
1: I think Joel uh, – now, hear me out. Hear me out. I think Joel Embiid this season – With the lack of Ersan Ilyasova, with the fact that he's going to be the main rim protector, there's really nobody underneath, he's going to have no real restrictions, he had a healthy season last year, he played great on defense last season, I think this year, Joel Embiid has everything he needs in order to put together a Defensive Player of the Year type season in the way he's gonna to have to play for the Sixers,
3: huh. <laughs> you know, I kicking me when I'm down. I he he I'm has look looked kick. he has looked. Uh, I hate to use this word and Joel Embiid in the same sentence, but he has looked more mature in the preseason and he has this weird edge to him. That's pretty much unlike anybody else that's ever came around where he's kind of a big goofball competitively, like with video games or whatever the hell he's doing. Like yeah. he loves Mo Bamba as like a, a, a protege type, but he's mm-hmm. into besting Mo Bamba and he's into like besting these guys like uh, Deandre Ayton and stuff like that. He gets hyped up to to match up against them and talk shit out, uh, you know, out on the court and with that edge and being healthy, I'll have to give these Sixers an award. I'll, I'll go with you and go with Joel. <laughs> well
1: you know,
3: I'm just No, but I mean he, he he will be a force defensively, you know, the way mentally I'm not I'm not throwing in the towel. Uh one thing I will say much like the Brett Brown soundbite, no shock Kawhi Leonard is defensive player of the year. Um he'll be out. 20 games within a month, citing oh, some yeah. kind of whacked out. He'll make himself laugh, and then it'll hurt his ear drums or something.
1: <laughs> Good God. Kawhi, so I'm well,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> well, here Here's another award that we can look at. Now, this one you're really going to have to think on, because I've had to think on this one. And I've got a guy in mind for this. Um, the Kia NBA Most Improved Player of the Year. Now, that's a tough one because you got to kind of compare seasons here and who do you think is going to be a guy that you see coming forward who's going to improve? I've got a couple guys that I'm looking at saying, you know, this guy could do it, this guy could do it. Um it's just Wait, a just do we have of- a
3: sponsor? Do we have a sponsorship with Kia?
1: <laughs> I wish, but no, we don't. That's <laughs> just the uh, they sponsor the award. Okay. So. All
3: right. I wish all we right.
1: had a sponsorship with Kia. Kia, if you are listening, we will take cars. Uh, but exactly. the but that award that's a tough one. Do you have anyone in mind off the top of your head?
3: Uh, top of my head, I haven't thought about this at all. But top of my head, uh, it might not really apply but what i was i was literally watching the bulls and pacers uh before i jumped on and Uh somebody who who you've mentioned in our bulls fandom uh that i've really kind of no sold since that uh locker room fight is bobby portis and i mean the guy just went coast to coast tonight and they were up about 20 on indiana with all Indiana's, you know, uh, I saw Collison out there. I saw Adipo, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not sure if they have full lineup out there, but they were pretty much wiping the floor behind the leadership of Bobby Porter's. He seems like the guy who's getting these younger guys, uh, you know, uh, hype. And, yeah. I don't know. he, you know, I don't know if that'd be most improved. Uh, like I said, when I built it up, because he was—he I think he averaged like thirteen or fourteen a game last year, and was a, a good player. Uh,
1: let me let me see here um, for Bobby Portis. I, I'll get his averages for you real quick. Uh, it's from last season. Uh, by the way, I didn't know he went to the University of Arkansas, so that's a new one on me. Uh, Bobby Portis last go. season averaged thir- good memory thirteen a game. With uh, 6.8 rebounds and he averaged, uh looks like shooting from the floor, he averaged 47% shooting from the floor.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's, there, they're hard numbers to really improve with all that talent around, all that young talent, I should say. Um, so, uh, he's, he, to me, he's going to be the – not the most improved maybe, but, but the most aware, um, I don't know what the, what the word I'm trying to use the most, um, in the spotlight that never was kind of thing. Um,
0: overlooked
3: maybe overlooked. There you go. That's why I, I hired 28 year old, uh, super brain, um, <laughs> to be tough spots like this. Yeah, overlooked. Most overlooked, Bobby Porter. But so back to the original point. Most improved. Um a name that jumps out at me just because he was so god awful and now he's gonna start every game is uh, I'm not gonna say he's gonna win it, but Markel Fault's gotta be in the conversation.
1: Yeah, I, I was I was uh, actually thinking that too myself, but he wasn't one of the names that, that I came up with. But go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt.
3: Um Judging from who I think is going to be really good, um, I, my mind is blinded by the East. Um, however, you bringing up Billy Donovan and so forth, I gotta I gotta open my mind to everything. I think, um, man, this is tough. Yeah, this this is uh, probably think- the hardest one to pick. I think you might get a stellar effort in an all star season. This is a, a shot in the dark, but Okay. I'm gonna go with Lamarcus Aldridge
1: and say You that know, I, well. I I could see that as well. That's uh not impossible to think that that, that could happen. No, I got
3: I have I have another one. I have another one, I have another one. Okay, go ahead. I don't know. I have another
1: one. Okay. Aaron Gordon. Oh, Aaron Gordon, huh? Yeah, okay,
3: Aaron Gordon. I'm going to go, uh, can I hedge and say uh, both of them?
1: You know what? If you're mentioning all these guys, I'll give them all to you because this is a really hard one to try and pick. It, it's easier to judge than it is to try to pick this one. So I'll go ahead and, and allow it. All right. All right. I've got a few here myself. Um that I wanted to throw out, uh, one of them being uh, another Bulls player, but we haven't discussed him, and that would be um, Jabari Parker. I think Jabari Parker coming off his injuries and getting into a situation where he wants to be and he's going to have a, a different more defined role in Chicago. I think Bobby or I think uh, Jabari Parker is a guy who could easily, be a uh, be a most improved player of the year this season, and another guy that came to my mind was uh, Nerlens Noel. I think Nerlens Noel could uh, could could really step up in Oklahoma City and improve uh, if he plays the kind of role that Stephen Adams plays for this team. He could end up being uh, having great numbers for that team in uh, Oklahoma City, and my last guy that I'm looking at. New team this year, different kind of situation. They're going to need him to be more involved is Julius Randle. I think Randle has every uh, chance to be the most improved player in terms of what he can do and how his jump shot uh, is effective because they're going to look to double Anthony Davis quite a bit. So, if you're Julius Randle, you got to make the most of these opportunities. They're going to need him in New Orleans. So, I'm going to go with Randle as one of my front runners.
3: Yeah. You know, that's not a bad pick at all. Um, Randall was like a fish out of water out in L.A., and now he's in a place where, like you said, if they're going to double Anthony Davis, Randall ain't no joke. He can play. And yeah. um, I expect all his numbers to rise this year. So that's that's pretty good insight on your part.
1: Well, you know, that's that's why you hired me. So, <laughs> all right, so we picked our Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, here's one for you. Sixth man of the year. That one could be very interesting depending on how rosters shape out and who's playing where. But sixth man of the year, TR, uh, what are you thinking? Who who are you looking at? You know, J.J. J. Reddick's going back to the bench. <gasps> I think Lou Williams is going to start now. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's uh, coming off the bench anymore. So, who do you think?
3: You know, Carmelo Anthony's allegedly going to come off the bench as well. Um, I don't know if I if I have a, a a rock solid answer for this one because I I just don't know who's going to be in that role. Um.
1: I understand I understand that that's a tough one. Um for some I, reason I I, I, I don't like think Mello there's Mello. any way I don't think Melo's coming off the bench. I don't think Mello's coming off the bench. I think, uh whoever said that, I want to see it in writing. I just don't think he's coming off the bench.
3: Uh, I don't know. I mean it uh, he did say I'll do whatever it takes to win for the first time in his uh NBA career, I think, but <laughs> Alluding to playing, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a tough one until I, until I see you know who who is in that role. Um,
4: yeah,
0: um, I know I got- Philly with Philly
3: with Redick, uh, I don't I don't see that. I see TJ McConnell ending up as always, just taking the minutes because they need to have him take the minutes. <clears throat> so, but. By the time he gets in, he'll you know he be starting, he'll be six-man, he'll be everything else. So can't really qualify him as such. Uh, I wonder who the six-man in Boston is going to be. That might help my decision because yeah, you know, somebody's uh, got to fit.
1: I would assume it's starting out it's going to be uh, – I would assume it would be Hayward. You're going to see more Tatum, Brown, and Kyrie. Uh with Hayward coming off the injury, you're, he's going to be limited, but I think by the end of the year you'll see Tatum as the younger guy kind of go to the bench a little bit. Um he's a good pick for sixth man, honestly. That's a that's a good pick um in my opinion. Um I got a couple of guys that jumped off the page at me. Um and this is a hard one to pick, but these are two guys that I just think are going to be coming off the bench. Um one is Isaiah Thomas, we talked to the sources out in Denver. Um, they're saying Gary Harris and Jamal Murray are going to be your starting guards. So it looks like Isaiah's is going to come off the bench. And to me, he's going to thrive against second stringers. Are you kidding me? This dude against bench players that he's going to eat lunch every single time he touches the court. Cause he's got so much to prove uh, does Isaiah Thomas. So I think Thomas has got just every opportunity to step up and become a great player in Denver. Another guy who I'm looking at is Dennis Schroeder. Uh, Don't think he's going to start for that Oklahoma City team uh, just yet. They're going to move him to the bench and have him coming off and lead that second-string unit um, with guys like, I I have a feeling Steven Adams will keep his starting job. Nerland's Noel probably come off the bench. um, But he'll see a lot of significant playing time as well. Uh, So I just think that if you watch Oklahoma City, you're going to see Schroeder really, really playing hard and trying to prove that he's worthy of the spot he's in. So Schroeder's another guy. And one more guy that could have significant time depending would be Kelly Oubre in Washington. I think he – He's going to get some minutes this year because Otto Porter just isn't cutting the mustard for me. I don't believe in Otto Porter at this point in time in my life. uh, Unless he proves me wrong this season, I just – I'm having a hard time buying into the Otto Porter hype. So, I'm going to go with – those three guys are six-man candidates to me. I think Isaiah Thomas will win it, though. Uh,
3: I mean, he certainly has the pedigree. Does he have the hip back? 100%. Who knows? But – I just, I just need to find out what Otto Porter did to you because for, you know, all last year until this uh, season premiere, so to speak, you've hated you some Otto Porter.
1: I don't hate the guy. I just, I'm disappointed by the fact that here's a guy getting paid all those millions of dollars, and to me, he's not living up to it. It's kind of like the an Andrew Wiggins scenario. Making all that money, but not living up to it. So I'm kind of looking at him as like, you know, there's a guy behind you who can do everything you're doing for a lot less money. I'm stunned they haven't moved him yet. So, uh, getting a little bit of your fan there, brother. But um, he's he's just, kind of, a, just kind, of, kind of a nuisance to the Wizards. So it's kind of like, eh. So that's how I'm looking at it.
3: Hmm. Well, uh, I, I I think the Thomas and Schroeder picks were solid. I'm not so sure about Ubre, but especially uh, Schroeder in that fresh situation because it was god awful in Atlanta last year. And now you go an all-star level talent as far as his skill set. You get to play with Russell Westbrook and Paul George, and you know. Uh,
1: yeah, and, and company, as one might say.
3: Yeah, uh, I might buy into that one as well, but I'll stick with my guys. And there's also yeah. somebody else who I don't, who I don't. Uh, I was going to wait to bring up till later, but uh, I don't know if this gentleman is starting, but I know you don't like this person, but he's playing above the rim. In preseason, which is strange, and that is one Grayson Babyface Allen.
1: <laughs> I don't dislike Grayson Allen um, per se. I just I don't I don't buy the hype. Um, maybe he'll pretty, he his, prove me wrong. Have you seen some of his
3: dunks? Have you seen some of his again, dunks
1: lately? Yeah, he, he's looked good in preseason again. You know, but. I don't know. There's just I just don't see him as a viable NBA player right now. Again, he could prove me wrong. He could he could come out and shine and and you know what, he could flip me the bird and, and I will admit if I'm wrong, but I for some reason this dude just I'm not buying into his hype yet.
3: Uh I I mean if he's if he's in that First guy off the bench. I mean, like might, might have to be considered because they're definitely going to be a playoff team. But just just throwing it out. Oh yeah,
1: I mean it's it's a possibility. I, I won't deny that it is a possibility. All right, uh, two more to look at here in terms of awards. Um, the rookie of the year. This is a very prestigious award that can be won by second-year players. As proven last year. Uh, uh, <laughs> no joke. But uh, tr rookie of the year. We followed this rookie class very closely. Who do you think will win rookie of the year?
3: I think this is one of the tougher ones. Um, there's a lot of guys who are just jumping right in and playing like they've been there. Um, I'm not going to give it to them, but Grace and Allen will be in the conversation, I think. Um, I think... Uh, it just looks like go made for Luca. Um, I think he's going to see a lot of minutes and do a lot of things. He'll be exposed on the defensive end from time to time, but he'll be on sports center a lot of times. And you know, it's the sexy pick is, is usually, um, the one that gets the, uh, gets the nod. Um, but again, there's a lot of guys that are just, just showing up, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Doncic as a pick with Allen in the conversation. Um, I saw a little Bagley stepping up his game the last game uh, Sacramento played, but I don't think he's a legitimate threat just because Sacramento won't be that prevalent. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. Is surrounded by a team of good young players, so I think although he'll be good, I, I can't see him standing out. Um, I'm probably missing several. And so I'm sure you got one on the tip of your tongue, just like you did for every goddamn category that I'm forgetting. But um, I'm giving it to Lucas. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, to me it's Lucas to lose. Uh, he's the one that's going to have uh, the most opportunity in terms of coming in to win. Uh, Mo Bamba in his situation, I, I just don't see him being rookie of the year Yet, like I think he'll end up being probably one of the most talented players to come out of this draft. But in terms of rookie of the year, not not seeing that. Uh, one guy who I think has an opportunity to really step in from the start and prove his worth is uh, uh, Shea Gilchrist Alexander out in uh, L.A. with the Clippers. I think that guy is going to see a lot of minutes. I think he's going to he if he doesn't start the season as the starting point guard. He will have it by season's end because they are going to need some help scoring um, and handling the ball. Well, Lou Williams is a scorer. Tobias Harris is is a scorer. They have Jerome Robinson, who they drafted, but they're going to have to have somebody facilitate the offense and also score, and he can do both, and I think he's going to have more chances in L.A. with that kind of depleted, not really depleted per se, but that that roster that's going to need help. I think he's got a good shot. And another guy is a guy who's going to have to play a lot of minutes, and that's Colin Sexton. Uh, I don't think he's going to be great, but they're going to have to play him, and he's going to put up numbers um, just because that team needs him. They're very depleted at that position, and Colin Sexton's really the only guy coming in that makes a lot of sense. But I think it's Luka Doncic's uh, rookie of the year to win, uh, this year, unless something happens, I could see those other two making a case, but I don't like Aiton. I don't like Bagley to win it. No. Uh, just, just too much of a mess there. Um, Trey Young, he's in a situ- he's in a no win situation in Atlanta. And it's just become a full fledged mess in terms of a lot of teams. Uh, so I'm just going to stick with with those three guys that have the outside chance. But I think it's Lucas to win. Uh the other two have will have a say in it though, as far as I'm concerned.
3: Sexton I saw some highlights the other day. He looked he's been looking really um comfortable um with look well, away passes knew. and so forth. And uh he, he looks he looks pretty damn good, I'll admit. And uh it's upsetting to say that before this before the draft even I was high on Dante DiVincenzo, but he's having he's leaving as Gorilla Monsoon would say, he's uh, he's left a lot to be desired um, in some of the games yeah. that I've checked out his numbers. <laughs> Maybe he's overwhelmed, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to pull him off my surprise rookie um, predictions. Uh, sorry, Dante, but you let me down a little bit, buddy.
1: One, one more guy, though, TR, I'll, I'll throw in just as kind of a – an aside here is um there's a chance an- Anthony Simons could really step up and and play well so i'm not going to say that he doesn't have a chance because anybody that can shoot the ball like he did, like he can has a chance so but unfortunately he's got he's having to deal with a very very crowded backcourt
3: yeah i th- i think there's a lot of good impactful rookies like I think that the harder the uh, thing to do would be to make a, an all rookie team and then just pick the one I think Donchick will win but I think there'll be a lot of contr- even your boys out there um if Butler's gone they're going to yeah. you know they're going to benefit from that they're going to they the, the I think you read their numbers last week it was and I was like damn it was like uh 12 6 and 6 or something and one and, uh, Bates-Diop, and uh, how do you say the other one's name? Al Kogi.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they've yeah, got I a mean,
3: chance. I, I, I just I do think they're like going to be really game.
1: solid. They've got a chance yeah, uh, uh, to really succeed and play well. It's just going to come down to uh, it's going to come down to the if they get a chance, because Thibodeau hates playing uh, <laughs> hates playing young guys and people on his bench. He he hates that. So, you know, we'll see on that end. But one more award TR and our guest should be joining us any minute. So, let's go ahead and get to the MVP award. Who do we think takes home the MVP crown tonight? Or well, you know, whoever whenever the award comes, but our prediction tonight.
3: I uh I've been steadfast on this gentleman and it's your fault for about six months now. And I, I believe it's in the next step until eventually he won't win an NBA championship this year, but he will eventually. And that's uh, the Greek freak, Giannis Anetokounmpo. Um, I don't even know if I said that right still,
0: but, uh, um, <laughs> this,
3: this gentleman is just, uh, his physical stature is—I don't want to say unmatched, because Ben Simmons is is a specimen, and there's other uh, players in this day and age that are that are Dwight Howard. Like Dwight Howard, when he came out, it was like, damn, you know. But uh, you know, there's there's a handful around the league that are built uh, now. But uh, you know, take two steps from half court, and he's practically Duncan, et cetera, et cetera. I just see possibly a scoring title Um, depends on what Durant's doing out there and what have you, but, uh, and Harden, but possibly a scoring title. Um, You know, he has a good team around him, but not that full team like Indiana and Boston and and other, other contenders. And I think they're going to be in the mix all season. And it's going to be because of him. And I think he's a runaway winner this year.
1: Um, I'm going to go ahead and say LeBron James with my prediction because I think that LeBron's going to be in a situation with the Lakers out west. He's going to get all the media coverage. The Lakers are going to be on TV all the time they're going to make the playoffs. He's going to have a lot of young talent around him. He's going to have players around him that he he's basically by himself in terms of leadership. He is the guy out there right now. Um so that's 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 who I'm going with. I think it's LeBron. I'd love to see Giannis jump in and uh and win it, but I think LeBron Takes it this season. I think it's his to win. He hasn't won it in a while, so I think they'll give it to him.
3: I'll tell you what. I wouldn't have guessed that from you in a million years. Last do you think they will will predict will be the MVP? <clears throat> um, I uh, you know, I disagree, but I like LeBron, so I wouldn't be if if he were to overtake Greek Freak, I wouldn't be angry.
1: Yeah, and you talk about how much I hate LeBron, yada 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 yada. See, I'm giving him the MVP. I wouldn't be happy about it, but I think he'll get it. So,
3: <laughs> interesting.
1: Well, joining interesting. us right now, joining us right now is our buddy Mike from NBA Quick Report. What's up, Mike? Thanks for jumping on with us here on Why Men Can't Jump.
0: Hey, how's it going?
1: Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Not a problem, sir. Um, we were just talking about uh, our predictions for. MVP rookie of the year sixth man of the year and I know that we talked a little off the air a little bit about that um once you run through maybe like who, who your MVP would be prediction wise this season and, and, and why that is
0: yeah I think it's right now LeBron is the heavy favorite to win the MVP um based on the fact that it's LeBron James and he's putting up Insane numbers, and he's going into his 16th season now. So you have that asterisk by his name. You know, everyone's going to be saying, Oh, he's doing it all, and it's his 16th season. Um, playing in the spotlight in LA, I think he's going to really push all these young guys, and they're going to really improve their record. And um, I mean, we'll see what happens. I know that um, Giannis is going to be on his tail. I think another dark horse for the MVP this year is going to be Anthony Davis. Um, again, he. Without DeMarcus Cousins, he's going to be asked to carry a, a huge load both offensively and defensively um, in a stacked Western Conference to try to carry this team to the playoffs. So, I think it's going to be a tough race there between those three specifically.
3: Uh, hey, Mike, TR here. I'm a little honored to weather. Bear with me with all the uh, sound effects. Um, some of the topics or some of the uh, categories we went over prior to your entrance to the program. Uh, a couple were a little tricky for me. I thought they would be more easier. They flew off the tongue easier last year than they did. One being coach of the year. Um, who do you see uh, stepping out? I mean, uh, obviously it's very early. It hasn't even tipped off yet. But uh, do you see anybody in a position to really make a difference in in either their current home or their new home?
0: It's going to be tough. Um you could go a lot of different routes with Coach of the Year. Um, I think for me off the top of my head, Brad Stevens is a is a pretty good candidate for Coach of the Year. Um, as long as his team stays healthy, I, I can see them passing the 60-win mark in the Eastern Conference. So I think just based on record alone, he could be um, a big candidate for that. Um, I, again, I think in the West, it could be someone like Quinn Snyder for the Jazz not having a ton to work with talent wise, but I think just as a team, they're, they're a defensive oriented, you know, a really good cohesive team. So I think that they could push the 50 win mark in a, in a really tough Western conference. So those are my two guys I think could um, come away with the coach of the year award. Fair enough.
1: Um, you know, we're kind of bouncing around. What What are you thinking? Sixth man of the year, um, we threw a few names out there, but it you know, we we talked off air a little bit. Sixth man of the year is always interesting. Who who do you think could win Sixth Man of the Year? And I know it's kinda of hard to predict early on, but uh what do you think?
0: Oh, it's okay. Um I think it's Lou Williams' award to lose. Um being on that you, on that clip You don't think team, he'll start gonna I don't think so. I think it's gonna be uh Patrick Beverly and Avery Bradley. I think they like they like Williams' scoring potential off the bench, having to come in and kind of just do, you know, whatever he wants to do with that second unit. And it's not even a knock on him because he knows he's still going to play 30-plus minutes a game, whether it's starting or off the bench. So I don't really think it matters to him personally that much. Um, obviously, he was comfortable coming off the bench last year, being that he scored almost, what was it, 20, I think he was 22-and-a-half a game. Just an, an unreal number for a, a six-man So I think it's his award to lose, bearing that he doesn't crack the starting lineup. Um, But another name that I really like this year is Tyreek Evans. Um, In Indiana, I mean, they lost Lance Stevenson, so he's going to come in and fill those minutes for them. And he's just a guy who can do it all. He was actually one of only eight players last season to average equal to or greater than 19 points a game, five rebounds, and five assists. And the, and the guys that did that are just, you would never think, oh, Tyreek Evans is with them. It's LeBron, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry, DeMarcus Cousins, and Blake Griffin. And then, ironically, Tyreek Evans. So I think that's a guy that can come in there in Indiana and really help that team offensively.
3: Tyreek's a guy that uh, actually I overlooked and and forgot about, and uh, shame on me because he's from the Philadelphia area, originally he's from Chester, Pennsylvania, and he's a guy I wanted the Sixers to grab. Um, Speaking of the Sixers, they're my team, but um, I try to keep it real, so to speak, Uh, talk radio and so forth in this neck of the woods. Um, They, they, you know, they're much like a lot of – the nation. I mean, they're on the opening game of the season against the Celtics. They're they're a sexy pick, they're a sexy team. Um Ben Simmons, Joe Allen Bede, and possibly Marsh Markel Foltz. I I'm starting to drink a little bit of the Kool Aid, which I swore I wouldn't. Um <laughs> up up until last week I had them drop into the fifth seed with, with losing Sova and um Marco Bellinelli. And not replacing them with that much, but uh, the early looks in preseason, it does look like Embiid is really starting to become um, a dominant force. Not that he wasn't, but he's starting to own it and carry it and uh, really push. Where do, what do you see this year for the Philadelphia Sixers uh, coming from a, a point of view that's not skewed like my living in the area? Right, so I'm a pretty big Philly fan too. Um, the 76ers.
0: I'm a huge Reddick fan. I've been following him since college, so I, I, I watch them as much as I possibly can, even though I am from the Cleveland area. Um, so I like this team a lot. I think if they can just stay healthy, and that's mostly pointing towards Embiid and Fultz, um, I think they can they can push for that top three seed. I, I don't I don't see them surpassing. Boston or Toronto, but I think three the third seat is a very reasonable spot for them.
1: Mm, interesting. Uh, you know, Mike, I know we, we talked um the other day and I, I kind of gave you a list of what we would be talking about. But of course this was before all the, the craziness of today with the whole Jimmy Butler issue. If I don't if you don't mind if I jump off um the planned conversation and bring up this Jimmy Butler incident and maybe get your hot take on what's going on. Cause I'm a Timberwolves fan myself and this Jimmy Butler situation. Um, I kind of went off a little bit earlier. What, what are, what are your thoughts on what's going on in Minnesota right now? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's chaotic. I mean,
0: you look at what, what's been happening with this team the past month, really, um, whether it be he's demanding the trade, you know, he uh, sleeps with Carl Anthony Towns as a girl, or what, whatever the, the, the newest rumor is with that team. It's it's just crazy the fact that reportedly he shows up late to practice today. He only practices for an hour, and during that time he's screaming the entire time. He's uh, playing with the, the bench players, and he ends up beating the rest of the starting the starters out, including, you know, Wiggins and Towns. Um, And whether it's true or not, I heard that he guarded Towns the entire time, Um, called him soft to his face, and he wouldn't let anyone respond to him during the scrimmage. So whether whatever's true or not, I just think it's it's insane um, what's happening. So I feel like he's just being disrespected because he he knows how good he is and he obviously proved it today in practice and to the team. So, um I I I truly don't even have a prediction on what will happen whether he'll be dealt or whether he'll stay because I think they're at a crossroads too. They don't know what to do. They're just they're probably just in shock right now.
3: Yeah, that that, that situation out there is crazy. I I didn't know about the uh the garden towns that's it's actually, it it really is leaning itself to pro wrestling out there um <clears throat> which is crazy uh yeah. if if i could uh you know ask you for the non obvious pick a t a sleeper team um obviously boston is strong strong as as hell quite frankly, and yeah. golden state you know are the are the same which is, uh, I think this may be the last year of, of that dominance. Maybe they'll take a step down and some of the younger guys will step up, but I could be wrong. But is there any sleeper teams this season, this upcoming season, that you see that maybe people aren't talking about that might might challenge? Are, are we
0: saying challenge for the title, or are we just saying a team that might just fly under the radar through the playoffs based on just uh, the roster?
3: I wouldn't say challenge for the title. I'd say kind of a mixture of both. Uh, kind of a team that could end up like in a two or three slot uh, that that people are just uh, saying, you know, maybe a, a talented squad, a playoff team that might take a big step up.
0: Yeah, so a team that, you know, they've been talked about, but I don't think they've ever been in a serious contention conversation, uh-huh. and that <clears throat> would be the Denver Nuggets. Um, this team okay. they're they're still really young yeah I mean, they're they're loaded with talent they got plenty of talent and um, we'll see what kind of strides that their guards take this year but I, I think they have a ton of talent and the, the acquisition of Isaiah Thomas, regardless of whether it doesn't i'm not sure which Isaiah Thomas they'll get um, but I think he still brings another dynamic piece to that to that team um offensively. So, we'll just see how they can clean it up on the defensive side of the ball because that's where their big issue is. I don't think they have a problem scoring 110 a night. Um, the problem is not giving up, you know, 110 a night on top of that.
1: Well, I'm not trying to say that Mike and I both agree in terms of the Nuggets, but, you know, Mike and I both <laughs> agree in terms of the Nuggets. So, if you're listening oh, up yeah. there, folks, the pros are on my
3: side. So... <laughs> you sound a little bit like Bill Cosby there Anyhow yeah, maybe it I
1: sound like a <laughs> butler right now Patting my damn self on the back But uh, anyway um, Mike We'll just throw one more at you here And we appreciate you giving us time And, and jumping on with us here Talking a little hoops Giving us your little predictions problem. Anytime. Uh, Anytime. I was wondering If you had If you had a bold prediction this nba season TR and i both went out and we've both had a couple bold predictions my bold, mine and his biggest bold prediction is that the chicago bulls will make the playoffs this season And, and that's turned a lot of people's heads when they hear us say that uh what would your biggest bold prediction for the nba season be oh that's a good question okay um and I'm sorry again for going off what I sent to you early. No, it's, that's that's <laughs> totally
0: fine. That's totally fine.
1: I um, Appreciate the
0: questions. Um, I'm not sure how how bold this this could be, but I have the Knicks coming dead last in the Eastern Conference this year.
1: That's actually um, quite bold. You think the Knicks will finish yeah. worse than the than the Hawks, really? I'm not saying it's
0: going to happen, but you wanted me to say a bold prediction. So um, that's I, I think true. they're, they're going to be no better than, than the East. They're going to be the bottom three in the East. Um, and that's just based on the fact that Porzingis is just – he's going to be out for – I don't even know what the timeline is still. I know it's at least Christmas, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be closer to February that he doesn't make his return. Um, and I was just looking at the stat earlier today. I, I forget it off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure last season without Porzingis on that, on that team, I think they were somewhere along the lines of 7 and 27. Um, so they've, they've shown us that they are not very capable of um, competing without him in that lineup. And I'm not sure if I trust a team that's led by a duo of guards of Trey Burke and Tim Hardaway Jr., um, I just don't think that they're gonna make anything happen in the Eastern Conference, or in the NBA for that matter.
1: All right, Tr. Anything before we let Mike go?
3: Well, I'm a sucker for Coach Fizz, so yeah, you know that hurt a little bit. But sometimes reality <laughs> does when you when you look at uh, Kevin Knox, and uh, I like Mitchell Robinson's upside and everything like that. But Without without Porzingis, it's really like you know who who are we starting you know who, you know against an improved Eastern Conference a team like Indiana or a team like you know uh, Boston obviously or Philadelphia and you know it's hard to make it, it, it's hard to make an argument they they will definitely be down there uh, cellar dwellers but uh, it, it is bold it is bold certainly to, to pick them as the worst um, but we'll see how it plays out I mean. Um do you and out on a limb like that, I would obviously just set Atlanta. Um Right, yeah,
0: I think I think the general consensus is Atlanta at the bottom.
3: But um Yeah. But as long as, I mean, on a, if there is an upside in New York, which as a Philadelphian I shouldn't even be discussing, um but I, I just have a I like Coach Fizz and his uh his approach to everything. He's just so chill. And if Porzingis comes back, et cetera, et cetera, and Knox develops the way they they plan him to, um, you know, maybe next year. They'll make a a stride or two. But, uh, you know, that sets them up in a good draft spot. Ping-pong balls are everything these days, and there's a lot of good players coming out. So that's pretty good for my Yeah, that
0: 2019 draft is is really top-heavy. It's not as deep as it was this past year, but if you get a top-five pick, you're going to get a – Most likely a franchise changing player. So um, I think losing Porzingis could be a blessing in disguise for them. You know, they're going to, they're likely will get a top five pick, in my opinion. Um, And then you still have all season to develop Knox and and Robinson. So, um, you know, I think that'll give them more of a chance to show what they have to prove or have to show for this
3: season and the future. Agreed. Completely agreed. Yeah.
1: Well, Mike, we appreciate you jumping on with us and giving us so much of your time. Uh, if you don't care, let um, let our listeners know where they can find you at on Twitter and elsewhere.
0: Yeah, so if you want to check me out on Twitter, it's at NBA Quick Report. Um, you know, I just I have a lot of fun on there. We post um, as much NBA insight as I can, whether it be uh, predictions, stats, updates, you know, trade rumors. As much as I can, it's just covering the league. And then um, also the website, uh, nbaquickreport.com slash go. Um, have a good team of guys there that um, write, and they do a really good job of giving their their insight on the NBA. So check us out on, on uh, either of those platforms.
1: All right, well, Mike, thanks again for jumping on, and we hope to have you back here as the season gets going next week. Thank you again for jumping on with us.
0: Absolutely. You can contact me anytime.
1: All right. right, Thanks, man. All right. Thanks. Well, that was Mike from NBA Quick Report. And we're going to take one more time out, and TR and I will be back for our main event as we discuss our predictions for the NBA playoffs for the upcoming season.
3: I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave.
1: WowFreeCam.com is the number one cam site on the internet, and they are our gracious sponsors, and we want to invite you to check them out over at WowFreeCam.com. Anything you could imagine, and whatever you want, is just one click away if you go to WowFreeCam.com. What's some of the things you could check out over on WowFreeCam.com? Motorboat? Play the motorboat? You motorboat, son of a bitch. you old sailor, you. Or you could be into
3: two chicks at the same time, man.
1: Whatever it is that you're looking up for, wowfreecam.com will leave you with one reaction and one reaction only. You won't want to miss out all the fun going on at wowfreecam.com, so be sure to show them some love and go over. Hey, it's in the name, It's All Free. You must be 18 or older to access the website, but make sure you get there as quick as you can to check out all the fun. Going on over at WowFreeCam.com. Again, must be 18 or older to visit. Again, we want to thank our gracious sponsors, WowFreeCam.com and the law offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com. Well, TR, it is the main event. This is how we ended the first episode ever of Wide Men Can't Jump, and this is how we're going to start Season 2, going to finish this episode up. We will be going here and talking about our playoff predictions. Now, last season we only went with our Final Four. This season, Tr, I think it's best that we start and go with the first, our top eight from both conferences, and then we'll work our way forward. What do you think?
3: Oh, um yeah, I'm game, <laughs> but
1: Mister Prepared. Fucking-
3: <laughs> yeah, I got a, I got a IV in one arm and a fucking. Uh, never mind. Anyhow, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, um, I'm cool. I, I, I just, uh, with the order, uh, that's 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 actually kind of tough. But, fuck it, it. let's 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 roll the dice.
1: Let's do it. All right, um, we'll start out east. Um, if that's all right with you, we'll start in that's the where east. I live. Um, me and you have both been very vocal about our prediction here on the Eastern conference. Um, the eight seed, who are you going with?
3: I'm going with the Chicago bulls. I just watched them. <laughs> I don't know what's going on now, but in the beginning of the game, I believe they were up 34 to 12 over a, a full Indianapolis team. Bobby Portis going crazy. Um, Zach Levine looking like he's he's improved his game. Uh, uh Jabari, the aforementioned Jabari Parker, was not even in the role that, that that we've hyped up. He was kinda like the third the third guy and still doing well. This team's loaded. All they gotta do is play that little thing called defense. But you know, yeah. we'll catch up to that some at some point in time. But uh, offensively, if they stay healthy, I'm, I'm eight. I'm Chicago.
1: Yeah, I, I gotta agree. Chicago Bulls eight seed. We've been preaching it for weeks. People call us <laughs> insane. They've called us crazy. They just don't think that we know what we're talking about. Well, damn it! Come this time at the playoffs when the Bulls are at the eight seed, you're gonna be like those two assholes. They knew it, and you know what we do. Chicago Bulls at the eight seed. Tr seven seed. What do you think?
3: Ah, uh, number seven, huh? Probably I'm a, the hardest the, one
1: to pick, honestly.
3: The easy thing this year is you can just get rid of Cleveland, who was there last year. You know, um, yeah. I would think that's consensus around people that Cleveland's not going to be in the playoffs. <coughs> I had to stand up and clear the throat for this one. Um,
0: All right. All right.
3: I think Dwayne Casey brings the, the Pistons into the uh, into the playoffs. I'll give the – you know, maybe – I don't know if I, I should – I'm lowballing Dwayne Casey's power as a coach. Um, maybe not seven. Uh, I'm not as high on the, on the Wizards as it seems like other people are. Um, I'm going to give the Wizards all the way down to seven.
1: Okay. So you're taking the Wizards at seven? All right. Um, I'm going to go at seven in the East. I'm actually going to go with the Pistons. I think, uh, I like the combo Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, but Reggie Jackson's health has a lot to do with the success of this team. And uh, I'm, I'm not sold on, you know, the twos and the threes there, you know, Stanley Johnson and guys like that, uh. And and they really, you know, they didn't get much out of the draft. So, I think they sneak in cuz I think they're better than Cleveland. But I think they're just barely better than if Chicago could play defense, I would easily have Chicago over D- Detroit, but Drummond, Griffin, if Jackson's healthy too much. So, I'll take the Pistons at 7 and you'll take the Wizards at 7. So, uh moving to 6. What do you think?
3: Um Obviously, since I didn't use the Pistons at seven, I'm going to use them at six. Um, They were hovering around that last year. Reggie Jackson, as you said, um, is a key to that situation. Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, new coach, new philosophy. Detroit's a basketball town um, as far as historically. And I think the Pistons get a little shot in the butt this year and uh, and win some games. Uh, I don't think they're a contender by any means, but I think they'll be one of those teams that's consistent. And I'll give them the sixth slot. And I, I know I'm going to run out of teams and I'm going to forget like Boston or something, but anyhow, so tentatively, the, the, that's my eight, seven, and six. Uh, Bulls, yeah. Washington, and Detroit.
1: Well, I'm going to take the Wizards at six. I think uh, the addition of Dwight Howard. Oh, by the way, in case anybody missed it. <laughs> I forgot to mention this during the show. I'm glad I remembered this now. Uh, the Wizards of Dwight Howard uh, had to go see a specialist because he hurt his ass. <laughs> he had an ass injury. Are
3: you serious?
1: I'm dead serious. <laughs> All right, no, also, also, another little update. I keep forgetting to tell you this. I wanted to tell you this live on air. Um, due to a misreading on my part, uh, okay. Darky Johnson is not a person. <laughs> <laughs> due to my ability to read, he's not a person. His real name is Dakari Johnson.
3: <laughs> so,
1: <sighs> Johnson? Is not a human being, so I apologize for my misreading of the that, man's name.
3: That ruined about one month of hilarity. It really did. <laughs> <laughs> well, it if, really there's Johnson, if there's a Darkie Johnson, if there's a Darky Johnson in the listening audience, uh, please let us know so we can have you on as an NBA NBA analyst.
1: <laughs> yes, we need you, Darky. Please come. Your only hope. <laughs> Uh, moving on to the 5-CTR, uh, who you got in the 5 in the East?
3: Um, this is where it gets tough. Uh, hmm. I got to slap that nutcase to Y-Leonard. I, I mean, all these guys that really follow the league are just – I disagree with them all when they when they mentioned Toronto up there and in the same breath with uh, Boston. I just I don't know what Kawhi ever did that that made them think that um, that he's that valuable of a guy. He's a fucking nutcase. I don't see him playing. He's going to L.A. He wants to go to L.A. and he just aimlessly laughs strangely. And his uncle's with him still pulling the strings. He's a whack job. How the hell are I got to give them 5. I mean, if that. I okay. can't see them coming out and being one or two.
1: Well, I understand.
3: They lost um, their coach from top of them, for Christ's sake.
1: I'm I'm going to go I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um they were a 7 seed last year. They add Brooke Lopez, another year under the belt for the Greek Freak, Malcolm Brogdon and company. Um they get a new coach. They're going to have to adapt to the new system and I I really like the Bucks this year to do well, but I'm going to put them at the five. Uh, so I'll take Milwaukee at the five, where you take Toronto. So going to the four seed now. Who are you taking at the four?
3: I got a bitch out. Uh, I I had a solid Bucks at number two all off season, but. There was a little bit of that homer. DiVincenzo is going to be a Donovan Mitchell type impact guy, which I do not think is going to happen. Uh, they're a good team, not a great team. Giannis is going to keep improving, but I got to put the Bucks there. Okay,
1: Bucks at four. At four for me, I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. Um, they're going to play well this season, but unfortunately, they didn't do enough additions. And lost too many pieces to really get better, uh, unless Markel Fultz ends up being as good as number one advertised, and I just don't think he is. Um, I'm going to leave them at four. I think the Buck or the um, the Pistons will be at four, and or not the Pistons, but the Sixers and the Sixers and Bucks in a playoff series. Now that would be entertaining. Yeah, definitely. All right, so number three, definitely. Tr in the East. What do you think? Number three.
3: Uh, it's kind of like I'm piggybacking every one of your of your standings, but I, I got to go with my Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. Uh, although I'm drinking a little bit of, I had them as low as five at one point, um, but watching them, Ben and Joel have seemed to embrace that they are legitimate players. I don't know how that's going to translate in the playoffs, but getting to the playoffs when there's no pressure. Those dudes are just super fucking talented no matter which way I slice it. Um, And, you know, that's not counting the Dario Sarich nights where he scores 30 and Covington gets 80 steals and for some reason gets on fire even though he's a dope, dummy, stupid-looking face. And, of course, the heart and soul, T.J. McConnell, Landry Schmetz coming off the bench and hitting threes, which we've never had. Um, Yeah. And dare I say, Markel Fultz, Uh I might have went a little too high. I said uh, he may score 17 a game. He's a natural scorer. I'll, I'll cut it down to 15 per game, and they're not going to be valuable 15. They're just going to be. Oh, faults scored that. Oh shit, that's right. He made a couple jumpers, couple drives. But yeah, uh, they're not. They're not going to overtake the two teams I have ahead of them by any means, and they're not a championship contender but they'll be exciting to watch number three. All
1: right. Um, at three for me, I'm going to go with the Toronto Raptors. I think the Raptors are, um, they're not going to be a good, as good as last year, but if Kawhi Leonard is as advertised and actually kind of buys in, I think the Raptors are a good team. They keep Siakam, Fred Van Fleet and guys like that. Uh, th- that's the reason I think they're going to finish at three. I really like the roster around them. Um, Kawhi's a mystery to me, and he may have a freakish injury again, but, again, I think that the roster that's built around with Kyle Lowry, I think they're going to be okay. So, I'm going to go with uh, the three seed for the Raptors. That's just on me there. All right, number two.
3: I'm going to shock the world. and uh, <laughs> I
1: think you and me both are.
3: Because I noticed there's two teams
1: – uh... I think there's two teams that's obvious and neither one of us have brought them up yet.
3: Yeah, but I'm going to I'm actually going to pull a switcheroo here. Uh, I can always blame it on the, uh, I can always blame it on the summer, cold, flu, whatever the hell I got, even though it's not the summer, it feels like it here in Philly. Um, I'm going to say because of what we've detailed in the off season about Oladipo and uh, bringing his team to Miami and, the fact that they've kind of mirrored Oklahoma City in the West and keeping the base together An-Ad and adding Tyreek Evans, et cetera, that with the new personnel that's not really new in Boston, but new because they were injured and finding a mix, that Boston will not run away with it and will be second. Oh! Doesn't mean they're not going to win the. Doesn't mean they're not going to win the. You know the world championship yeah, and you. all that by that time, I got but you know, Toronto was the number one seed last year as far as regular season. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting Boston at number two.
1: Mm, Wow. Boston at two. I'm going to put Indiana at two. Um, because I like, I, I like this Indiana team. I think they're going to do great this season. I think they're going to be up there. Don't think they're going to compete for one. That's a bold prediction from you. Um, I like Boston at one, uh, clearly. Um, they're the, to me, they're the favorites to take the East this year. It's almost, a, you know, pick them, but I'll, I'll take Boston at one, Indiana two. So I'm assuming since you have Boston at two, who's your one, sir?
3: The Knicks. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, uh, Indiana's just, uh, that just, they're just a good, good, good team. They, uh, Team basketball in the regular season sometimes tends to uh, have a better record when it's all said and done. And uh, I just true. expect a little hiccup, early early season hiccup from Boston and just chemistry-wise. And uh, I guess there can never be such thing as too much talent, but putting it in the right place, I'm sure Brad Stevens will get it right by the end. But by that point I think uh Indiana'll just be cranking out like eight game win streaks and not losing at home and stuff like that. So I just I just think the pay, you know, the Pacers get the nod this year.
1: I I don't hate that prediction,
3: honestly. That, that's a pretty good prediction. But
1: um so now we'll jump to the West because we need to definitely go through this. Uh we're already over time. But that's okay. We will definitely still work on the West, uh, and then we'll probably jump forward a little bit. And so we'll go to the West now. TR, eight seed in the West. Who do you think? Now, this is hard, the the West. The West was very hard. I had to stop and think.
3: Yeah, it is. Um, Why don't you go first?
1: Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the Portland Trailblazers
3: in the West to
1: make the playoffs. They'll be the eighth seed. Um, Lillard, McCollum, and company, they'll just squeak in over the Clippers. Uh, Minnesota falls out. And I'll tell you this, that injury to uh, DeJounte Murray is bigger than what people think the Spurs are going to miss this season. That injury is that big. Before this show today, I had the Spurs as my you know eight or seven. I hadn't decided yet. That injury made me move them out. That's how close the race is going to be this year. So the Spurs without Murray, yeah, they add to Rosen, but Murray is the straw that stirs the drink in San Antonio. They have no point guard now. As stated earlier by uh, Jeff Garcia. The only true point guard they'll have will be uh, Derek White from the G League. Uh, Lonnie Walker hurt in the off season as well, so they don't. He's missing. Uh, I think it was six to eight weeks. That hurts the Spurs, as far as I'm concerned. Aldridge is a good player. They did bring in uh, Jakob Purtle uh, to back up at center with Paul Gasol. Gasol's older. DeRozan's good, but. I just don't think the Spurs team is going to have enough to get to the playoffs without Murray. If Murray's there, they're in. Without Murray, don't think they make it. Portland Trail Blazers, I think, sneak in at eight. They were the three last year, so they're going to fall. But if there's one thing Portland can do, it's score points. And they're going to score a lot of points. And they have a lot of guard depth. And they're going to play small ball. And it's going to confuse people because they've got shooters. And that's what they're going to try and do is shoot the ball. But without the help of inside rebounding and big men, Unless Zach Collins suddenly develops ability. Um, we're I'm looking at Portland at the eight. Zach Collins.
3: I never heard of that guy. Anyway. Um
1: <laughs> Oh hold on, hold on now. That deserves <laughs> – You son of a that's, bitch. That's
3: a kid I, <laughs> That's a kid from Atlanta that did real well last year. That's what Yeah, yeah, that's,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know what, that deserves one of these. I'm having trouble. Yeah. yeah, I'm calling you out on that one. Oh wow. That um, scream courtesy that scream courtesy and background Josh Brown for the upcoming season. Nice. <laughs> but anyway, you're eight seed, sir. <coughs>
3: Ah, you're getting it all tonight. Um I agree that Minnesota, sorry, buddy. I, I don't know. No, no. Could, hey. Could
1: that mess that it. mess is so that mess is ridiculous. They don't deserve to be in the playoffs all this shit going on.
3: And Denver won't have to play the last day of the season. I have them up higher. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna still have faith in Greg Popovich. Maybe the last season to take the eighth, eighth seed, even without Murray. Um, he'll find some uh, point guard for, from the Uruguay national team or something that'll somehow fill the <laughs> void a little bit. And, mm-hmm. uh, well, it's been how many seasons, 21 straight, I think, or 22 that they've been in the playoffs? It, it's,
1: uh, so. it's a wild number. It's up there. Um,
3: and DeRozan that, has a chip on his shoulder, so
1: that that is true. That is true. If they get in at the eight, I won't be surprised. I just think the loss of Murray is going to hurt, and the West is so competitive this year. So, mm-hmm. number seven seed, I'm going with the New Orleans Pelicans. They added a lot. They added uh, Julius Randle. Did not add a lot of shooting depth though, and that's going to hurt. They have each one more. They trade Rondo for Alfred Payton, which is young Rondo without the attitude and the leadership. So Anthony Davis will pick this team up and take him to the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to get farther than a seven seed. So I'm going to take the Pelicans to the seven. Hmm.
3: Uh, for my seven, I'm going to do a bit of a shocker considering how much I've been baiting and switching all show. I'm going to take Utah to drop down as opposed to wow. be a fourth. Yeah. Wow. I uh, I, I I think Utah drops down. They'll still be a playoff team and still be a, a highlight reel from time to time. But I don't think they're going to be as impressive. Well, they ended up a four or five last year, was it?
1: I believe they ended up being the fourth.
3: Yeah, um, with the teams that are ahead of them, such as Golden State, and obviously, even though I'm not the biggest Rocket fan, et cetera, et cetera, um, there's no way to go really, but laterally or downward, and I'm gonna bank on downward. Maybe a Donovan Mitchell injury, hopefully not, because you know I don't wish that on anybody. But I don't mm-hmm. know. I just uh, I don't I don't see them. Uh, gone very far as 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 others around the country do. So I'll I'll peg them in at number 7. All
1: right. All right. Um I'm going to go at 6 with the Los Angeles Lakers. I think the Lakers will hit the 6 seed and that'll be as far as they can go. LeBron took the Cavs last year in a weaker conference with, you know, at least some higher level of talent to a 4 seed. I think he'll get the Lakers into the playoffs at the 6, but that's as far as they're going to make it um Brandon Ingram needs to step up Kuzma needs to step up Lonzo Ball there's not enough basketball to go around in LA Rondo Lance Stevenson JaVale McGee and you're trying to tell me that this team's got a seven to two chance at winning a title get the fuck out of here Lakers will finish at seven or at six excuse me Lakers at six
3: yeah I agree with your sentiment there um those odds are – the more I look at it, the more ridiculous they are. Um, and the Lakers are, are on tonight. I DVR'd it. I guess they're playing right now, but I'm going to look closely at that. But every time I've tried to look at them with interest, it's been literally like LeBron James in a high school team. It just seems uninteresting to me. I don't I, I don't see him pulling a rabbit out of his hat. I, I don't have them in the playoffs. Um mm. I have I have them on the outside looking in, and you know them banking on next year with the big moves and stuff like that. But I just don't see it um, unless somehow Lonzo Ball of all people comes back and and gives them this magic chemistry. I mean, one guy can only do so much. Granted, he's arguably the best who's ever did it, but I don't know. Year sixteen, tired legs, a lot of minutes. Those other dudes are just I don't know they're just not stars to me at all, anyhow, enough of them since I don't have them in i'll uh okay I'll slot your Denver Nuggets number six um, always a tough team. I don't wanna to go too crazy on them and put them in the top four or anything like that. um Denver will be rock solid from pillar to post, never be out of that mix. You know, but I don't see them, you know, one, two, three or anything like that. So I'm going to have them land at number six.
1: Okay. I'm going to take the Nuggets at five. Uh, I think they've got just enough talent to be better than the Lakers this year. So I'm sticking with my original assumption. They won't be the four. They'll be the five. So Nuggets at the five seed uh, this season. So Denver, I got them sliding in. The additions they made in the offseason were big. Uh, Nokic or Jokic doesn't have to worry about his contract situation anymore. They get rid of the, the they got to stick with Will Barton. Gary Harris is coming back a hundred percent. They got Jamal Murray still uh, Paul Millsap's there. They're deep. They're going to be ready. And, you know, they still have Michael Porter jr. Um, he probably won't play this season, but man, if they can keep this core together, they're going to be scary. If he turns out to be as good as he was advertised to be, um, they're going to be scary. So I like, uh, I like Denver here at the five.
3: I'm going to put your, uh, Portland trailblazers in this slot. Um, they didn't make any crazy moves. They still kept the guard tandem together. And, uh, you know, they just have a knack of winning at home not a title contender. They're just, they are who they are. They, they, they're a perennial playoff team and a pain in the ass, but you know. Yeah. Uh, I have nothing really big to say about them. I love Lily, uh, Lily or Lillard. <laughs> love to watch him play. Uh, love to see him here, but he ain't coming here, I guess. Um, we'll call him. Yeah. Etc. I, I enjoy watching them at late at night, but I, you know, they're a playoff team. But that's it for me. And. Yeah, and
1: Portland's got got such a tough environment to play in with that travel schedule to get up there to play them. And and Denver also is a tough place to play. So, to me, those are two teams that are very tough to play at their their place. So, they have half their games in a very tough environment just due to the altitude and the locations. So, um, two very good teams. At four, I'm going the Utah Jazz. That defense is scary. And they add Grayson Allen, and I'm going to buy in a little bit to your Kool-Aid on Grayson Allen. If he's as good as you're saying, Utah Jazz have very little to worry about. They're going to get more Donovan Mitchell. They're going to get all kinds of work out of uh, Rubio, apparently, who learned how to shoot after we got rid of his stupid ass. And Gobert starting to learn how to play, and they, they got favors back um Ingalls is a knockdown lefty shooter so Utah Jazz the surprise at 4 Quinn Snyder can just keep winning man
3: Yeah I mean I have them lower but I have them in the playoffs so anywhere in there as you saw last year it 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 switched almost daily between like 3 and 8 so Yeah <laughs> um, um What number am I at? Four? Four. Number four. I'm going to uh, do another shocker, but this might be personal for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm not thinking correctly, but I don't like the Houston Rockets. Therefore, I put them at four. Uh, They have enough talent. With Harden and uh, Paul, they have enough talent, obviously, to play bad and still be in the top echelon of the league. But they're just... They're not a legitimate contender to me. And I think Mello will kill that team's slim title aspirations at some point. I don't know how, I don't know why, I don't know when, but they'll be, I don't know. Mello seems to be a time bomb that could explode a la Jimmy Butler after the Butler mess clears up, it'll probably be Mello time to take us away from the court to be just going, like, what the fuck? So, uh, you know, for me, I'll, I'll throw Houston at number four.
1: Okay. Uh, we'll jump up to number three. I'm going to put Houston at number three. Um,
3: Mello is
1: a. He's going to take this team, this highly effective offensive team. They lose. Um, they lose Trevor Ariza. They lose Lucas Rashad and Bamute. There is talk of them trading to get Jimmy Butler, uh, but the Wolves are wanting Eric Gordon and P.J. Tucker, and they're not willing to move on Tucker, apparently. So there could be a deal worked out there eventually. Don't know those details yet. But as of the team right now, I don't like Melo on this style of team. He slows the ball down. He does everything they don't do. You can't switch with him on defense. You can't trust him on defense. And he, he'll, he'll get you 25, but he's going to give up 30. So, you're looking at a minus five-point well, deficit there. Um, Just not a big fan of their moves in the offseason. They lost too much. So, they're dropping from the one seed down to the three for me. They still have Harden and Paul, though, for God's sake. They're still going to be good. But I'm putting and and them at three. Capella. And Capella. So then Capella got paid. So, I'm putting them at three. Uh, what about you, TR? Who you got at three?
3: Uh... This was a little bit influenced by you earlier in the show with Julius Randle, and that's the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, I don't, I don't see them with any great loss, and uh, you know they still have Anthony Davis, and they uh, plug Randle in there, and you know if you if you want to say Rondo was a big loss, maybe, but I don't think so. Um, I think the Pelicans are quietly going to have a really strong season.
1: Okay, I could see that, and they do have Miracic still. I forget that he's there, so you know I could see the Pelicans anywhere up and down this playoff roster. Um, so I'm gonna move up to two. Number two, I think you and I are gonna match exactly on this one. At number two, I'm gonna go with uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Their additions in the off season were big, whether it be they add Dennis Schroder, Nerlens Noel, guys like that, or addition by subtraction by losing Carmelo Anthony. And they also brought in your boy TLC uh to the mix uh, in Oklahoma City for defensive purposes. I ain't even gonna try to say his because I don't even want to try that. But um uh, I'm gonna st- I think Oklahoma City's at two and then Golden State at one. I mean, for God's sake, it's it's their title to, to hand all to hand away this year if they don't want it. So I'm gonna go uh, Oklahoma City two and the additions of Boogie Cousins, uh Jerkovo. They draft Jacob Evans. The rich get richer with Golden State. So Golden State at one. What do you think, T.R.? You're two and one.
3: The exact same and the exact same order. I'm not going to shuffle the deck like I did in the East. Uh, Golden State uh, obviously last year was not the number one seed, uh, but I think I think their ego might let them step it up a little bit, and they're still going to fuck around just because that's their nature. Um, but yeah, the, the Oklahoma City, uh, I hope we're not wrong on this because this seems so good. This seems like a good basketball story since Paul George State and everything and the confidence in Billy Donovan, et cetera. Russell finally, I don't know, um, he's had his triple doubles and his MVPs, and but finally, maybe being that, that leader guy, um, I don't know. It seems like a good basketball story. they got the team and talent to back it up. They will push Golden State. Uh, I I don't think they'll have the best record, but certainly number two. I agree with your two and one. And Golden State, like I said, if they just – it sucks they have so much talent because they can take nights off. They could rest guys and still win by 30, you know. And it's just – It is what it is for another year. Golden State number one.
1: Well, T.R., we are way over time, so I'm going to skip the Eastern and Western Conference finals like we normally do. Who's in the finals and who wins it all so we can wrap up here? Um, You go ahead and I'll follow
3: suit. Uh, Here I go, Mr. Boring, Mr. Chalk. Golden State defeats Boston in six
1: or seven. Yeah, I'm going to go Golden State to win it again this year. It's hard to pick against them. This, this, I think, though, T.R. Bold prediction, the last year of the Golden State dominance as this upcoming offseason is going to get very interesting. So I think this is the last year of the Golden State dominance. Golden State will win. They will beat Boston in six. Uh, Boston will get a couple at home, but I think they beat Boston in six. So you and I are going to have to agree on that one. It's a boring pick. We didn't go boring last year and we looked like idiots. So we're going with the safe pick this year. So let's see how we turn out. But that's the season two premiere of wide men can't jump. We're a couple weeks away from the one year anniversary. And we do want to thank you guys all for listening. Big thanks to all of our guests tonight. Alan Horton, Jeff Garcia, and Mike from NBA quick report. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks to wowfreecam.com and the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else you find podcasts. Make sure to download and become a Patreon at patreon.com slash wide men can't and you can follow TR on Twitter at TRShock. You can follow me at MMITMNathan, or you can follow the show at y Jump. Make sure you jump on and follow y Jump. I'm constantly posting things as is TR, so we have a great time on there um, on Twitter. So follow us on Twitter. Show the show some love. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. If you listen, it helps the show out. And we got some more guests coming your way. Uh, NBA tips off next week. Some big games coming. And I'll be watching. TR will be watching. And I cannot wait to talk about it next week as we got season two is underway and we got our predictions in and TR we're going to have a great time this season, my man. You got it. Looking forward to basketball is back. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here, TR?
3: Nah, just whoever's been with us since the beginning. Thank you. And you know who you are. I don't have to, I don't have to call you out by now. So thanks for the support. Thanks for the sponsors, et cetera.
1: We do thank all you guys so much, and TR, man, hope you feel better, man. I know you feel bad. Thanks for jumping on. Thanks for being a trooper for Season 2 premiere, and I do hope you feel better, man.
3: Yeah, it's it's, it's halfway gone. We're we're getting there. So Good deal.
1: All right, everybody, hope to see you guys next time here on Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks for listening, TR. Season 2, send us home. Peace. Thanks for listening to this show. On the Wide Men Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com, slash, Wide Men can Jump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise, Google Play, Player FM, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This show has been brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, Facebook.com, slash, MakeupKennedy, and wowfreecam.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Wide Jump. You can follow us on Instagram at Wide Men Can't Jump and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Wide Jump. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five-star rating. Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in, same time, same place for the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump.